What's up, Internet? Welcome to a very special Part 2 episode of our E3 special of the Video Game Pals. That was a sentence. Uh, the <laughs> Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where three lifelong ga- or four, excuse me, three besides me, uh, <laughs> lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, here with my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown, the garden variety Doombringer, Mr. Robert Thompson, and the Guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. How are you guys doing this week? Good. Since yesterday, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not much has changed. Yeah, I mean, yep. you know, living the dream, covering E3, talking about some trailers. The trailers, the trailers, we're talking about the trailers. You know it, baby. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys missed part one of our special yesterday, we jumped into EA, Bethesda, and Xbox's conferences. We're here today to talk about Ubisoft, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Um, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, we're going to start with Ubisoft, since there was theirs was the first of the three. Um, overall, like, kind of just, you know, service-level thoughts, what did you guys think about this one? It's Ubisoft. They make games that I honestly don't care about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was an Ubisoft press conference, for better or for worse, you know? Yeah. I only saw about half of it, and that's the reason why I only saw half of it. Just was kind of like, eh, <laughs> trailed out. Yeah, I, I would say Ubisoft is always usually my second least favorite show behind EA. Um... It's, you know, it's always fine. Like, Ubisoft makes a few IP that I really care about. You know, I really love Far Cry. Um, but, like, other than that, you know, I'm not super interested in everything they have to put out. So, I, I think it was, like, a mixed bag, but it was it was a mostly fine show. Um, there's a couple cool announcements that we will... We'll, let's just jump into them right Yeah, now. I mean, for what it's worth, Ubisoft did bring out, like, my game of the show, I think, so... Yeah, which is actually the first game we're going to talk about, which is uh, Mario plus Rabbids has been confirmed. Um, it's got like a tagline, but I, f- I forgot to make a note of that. Kingdom um, Battle. Kingdom Battle, thank you. Uh, so this was, I think, an interesting way to open the show at the very least. Um, this game has been kind of rumored for a long time. We saw a leak of what ended up being the like primary, I, what I'm imagining is going to be the box art. It's the main promotional image we've seen tossed around. Um, <laughs> it's, it's super weird. Like, it's a weird mashup. It was a weird way to start the show, but, um, I don't know. I actually think it looks pretty good as a game. Uh, Andy, like you said, it might be your game of the show. So do you want to talk about what, what about it spoke to you? Um, so Miyamoto talked about, I don't know if this happened in the press conference or in interviews afterwards, I forget. Uh, but Miyamoto came out and talked about how when Ubi approached them for, you know, Mario, it was a like a question of you can have this IP, but you have to do something that no one else has done with it, and, and it can't be a platformer. That was the two restrictions they put on it. And I will take having rabbits in a Mario game because I don't, you know, love them. I don't think anybody does, but I don't hate them as much as a lot of the internet seems to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I will take it for Super Mario XCOM, which it looks like is what we're getting, and. That's just such an incredible idea that, like, I can't be mad at the the stuff around the edges. Yeah, right. And, the, you know, if Ubisoft is making the game, I understand them wanting to put their, you know, mascot IP, whatever, in there. I would have preferred if it was just Rayman, but... <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Like, or if it was just XCOM, but instead of having the rabbits in your squad, they were the enemies. Like, they're invading the Mushroom Kingdom, fight them off. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been that would have been good. I think the thing that is going to be 
hopefully the saving grace for me is like they showed a good amount of characters and then you're able to like switch up your party so i'm just gonna pick all mario characters the purest yeah sorry and you know being a nintendo game i'm sure there's amiibo support and i'm sure the amiibos will just be like costumes for the rabbits but if i can bring out like fire emblem costumes for rabbits that'd be fun i'd have an ike rabbit on my team yeah that'd be pretty funny <laughs> and like they they had that big ass donkey kong one in the trailer yeah yeah which was was cool like we saw some cool mashups between like the two universes like um rabid pipes seem to be one of the big like mechanics for like moving around the map and stuff like that um so yeah and if you're not familiar with XCOM by name immediately that's like ubi's kind of like big tactical map based you know rpg game so it looks very similar to that um obviously a switch exclusive uh and just it looks it looks fun you know it looks like there's a lot going on there's you know there's your standard cover stuff you've got team combos different movement zones um, like all different kinds of weaponry, like crazy laser guns and stuff. And I don't know, it looks like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really excited for it. And I think it comes out in August. Yeah. August 29th is the release Which date. like, I don't know if I'll have time to play it, but if I do, I can't wait. I can see it being a good little side piece kind of game, you know, like it definitely seems like a game that would be like jump in, jump out friendly, like do one map at a time kind of thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was uh, <laughs> definitely an interesting announcement. It was definitely cool to see Miyamoto on the stage. Like, that obviously got a big pop, um, even though the language barrier between Miyamoto, who barely speaks English, and uh, <laughs> Yves Guillemot, who is, uh, you know, a, a native French-speaking um, man, was, uh, was, it was, it was, it could have been super awkward, but it was, like, more endearing than anything else, in my opinion. So I, I was into it. I'm definitely... I went in with no expectations for this game, and I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Thompson, Sean, what would you guys think? Basically, uh, I think everyone else on the internet had the same reaction. Where it was just so like, who's responsible for this? What was going on? And then you actually see the gameplay of uh, the XCOM part, and I sold on that. And speaking of which, I just got XCOM 2 last night, so that's kind of why I like those kinds of games. And, you know, I don't have a Switch, but this would be on the radar for me. Uh, this, this isn't really the kind of thing that appeals to me. It, <clears throat> it looked fine. Uh, it's a weird mashup. I didn't really, I was a little freaked out by the fact that it existed just because it was so strange, but you know, that's cool. Uh, I like, I like that Nintendo, you know, is, is willing to kind of do this kind of thing. Uh, because at times they've been precious with their characters, which I, I understand for sure. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's cool. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I definitely think this is a good, it's a good sign for the future of third party stuff on the Switch, maybe, because I, um, I mean, they've, they've always had a pretty decent relationship with Ubisoft. Ubisoft has been, you know, they were one of the few developers that was willing to take a gamble on the Wii U. Um, so, you know, that necessarily doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I, I think, this is the best way for Nintendo to get third parties to get make exclusive games on the Switch is to let them use their IP. Because I think, like, I would totally understand Ubisoft not wanting to put out an exclusive game on the Switch, like, that they have to develop themselves in terms of, like, IP and, you know, an idea and everything. But, like, a game with Mario in the title is guaranteed to sell a certain threshold of units. So, 
you know, I feel like this is a pretty easy way for them to support Nintendo, but also not have to take the same level of gamble that they did with something like Zombie U or, or whatever. Oh, you know? I forgot about that. Plus, like, how do you say no to developing a Mario game? Right, exactly. When when Nintendo comes to you and, or, you know, you come to Nintendo and get the okay to use the Mario IP. Like, you, you know. use the Mario IP. Right, exactly. It doesn't matter so, what it is, uh, it'll fit with something. Yeah, and I, I think uh, to both Andy, I mean, to uh, ever, all of us have made this point, but I think, you know, it's cool because it's different. We've seen the Mario IP do so many things. I never thought I'd see fucking XCOM Mario. Yeah, so, that is insane. Yeah. yeah, why the fuck not? Um, but all right, so moving right along, uh, we saw more of a Assassin's Creed Origins at this conference. Um, but again, like the major announcement definitely came at the Xbox thing. So it was mostly just the lead dev kind of coming out to talk about the series. You know, made it sound like it was a real return to form. He used a lot of language like go back, reinvent what it means to be Assassin's Creed. So it definitely sounds like, you know, they're trying to make this a, the reboot that the series desperately needs. But we'll see about that one. Then they did a, a 30 minute gameplay like post show, which I thought was a weird way to like show off the game you know like i guess like if you watch the xbox conference obviously you saw a lot of shit but if you're just watching ubi and you want to see assassin's creed it was kind of a weird way to do it but uh so if you if you're interested in assassin's creed unity you can go check out that that gameplay post show stuff um you know it's kind of just more of the same just more of it so go check it out i guess um october 27th release if you didn't check out yesterday's episode Okay, so then we got uh, a trailer for The Crew 2, which uh, is another car game. Uh, very pretty, very stylish, like almost photorealistic graphics at times. Um, we saw cars, bikes, planes, boats, you know, um, that's cool. But uh, it's it's just, you know, I, I can't get interested in a game that's just about driving vehicles, you know. It's, it's just not really my thing. Um... But I remember during the actual show itself, this was the first period where I remember feeling like, or not the first period, but it, it really was driven home to me. Like, man, Ubisoft's really like showing a trailer and then letting someone come out and just recap the trailer I just fucking watched. It's like, this this could have easily been a half hour short. Oh my God. Yeah. You know? Like we watched this whole trailer and then we have a dev come out from the crew and be like, Man, all this stuff about boats and bikes and planes, and it's like, I, I just watched this. You didn't tell me any information that that two-minute trailer didn't just give me, you know? Like, Sadly, uh, you just summed up a lot of the, the things, like, the, the way that they present games, you know? They'll, they'll show, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of stuff, and have the guy come out and be like, as you saw, here's all these things. Let's talk about them now. The most boring part about it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's like, Ubi's definitely got a... They got to get their shit together, I think, with this kind of stuff. I, I feel like Aisha Tyler, as a host, was, like, sorely missed this year. She is always pretty good at, like, keeping things moving along. And obviously that wouldn't have solved a long-ass segment like this, but I think that definitely made it a little bit worse. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you are interested in The Crew 2, you can sign up for the beta right now. There's an early 2018 release. Um, you know, if that's your thing, check it out. Uh, so then we got a new trailer for South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Um... I was a little upset with this because it just showed a lot more new stuff. And, like, this game has been teased for a while now. I really don't want to see more of it. I don't want more moments that should be things I discover in the game spoiled for me in trailers because they can't put the fucking game out. So, you know, just go away. Stop <laughs> talking about this game until it's done. You know? Well, maybe they're worried you know? that they're not going to get enough sales and they want to keep people, you know, interested. 
And, like, maybe that's true. And, like, I get wanting to show off this game at E3. It's going to be their big fall game if it actually comes out. But I don't know. I just, like, maybe wait until it's a little closer or something. I just, or maybe just show us the same shit we've seen before, like, with a date. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, but that was, October that was 17th. Fly. Yeah, I, I think people would have been upset in that scenario, too. So I don't I don't necessarily know what the solution is there. Yeah. but I think the game just needs um, to come out. <laughs> Yeah, like, October 17th is the release date, so let's hope they stick to that one. Uh, okay, so then um, we got a look at a, a, a weird VR game that seems very far off. Uh, it's called Transference. Uh, Spectrovision is the name of the dev. Um, Elijah Wood is part of the team. We're working with them on this game. Um, it's like a horror vibe. Looks like you're... You know, it's like very, it was very creepy trailer. Like I get wanting to show off that you've got a partnership going on with Elijah Wood and you're getting in the VR uh, field or whatever, but I don't know. Like I didn't really get a good sense of what this game is really about. So it was kind of another thing of just like, all right, I guess, I guess we're taking up time with this. Um, all right. So then next up, we got the announcement of Skull and Bones, which is a uh, multiplayer pirate game set in the uh, like kind of golden age of piracy during the late uh, 1700s. Uh, it's being made by Ubisoft Singapore. Um, looks like it's like, a, you know, competitive 5v5 modes kind of thing. Uh, we saw some pre-alpha gameplay of a PvP fight. This is the team that worked on, um, on Black Flag, I think. It was either Black Flag or Assassin's Creed 3. So they were really in, uh, instrumental in developing the kind of ship combat that everybody liked in Assassin's Creed, uh, 3 and 4. But, um, I don't know. Like, I was really interested in this until I saw that it was just multiplayer. Literally Sea of Thieves. Yeah, it's like it's like Sea of Thieves, but with like, you know, no, seemingly nothing that's not on the boat, and 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 realistic graphics instead of cartoony rare style. So it's like I don't know, dude. I it's like, do we need this? Like, do no. we need another game no, that's going to come out and do the exact same thing as this other game that we already have? Do we need another always online multiplayer game? Like, I just I don't. I don't really see the need for this, whereas I think a single-player game about pirates would have been really cool. There is probably someone out there who wanted this because they don't like the art style of Sea of Thieves, but I, I disagree. I don't think we need it. You know, I, I think they, they look like they're jumping on a, a trend, you know, to me. Yeah, man, I, I just feel like these games are going to cannibalize each other. Or one, yeah, or one's just going to, like just destroy the others like when battleborn came out they're like oh it's got a chance and it had no chance so. uh but yeah so in terms of gameplay it looks very similar to assassin's creed ship combat which i mean mechanically is a good thing but um i just i don't know about this one um loot seems to be kind of the big motivating factor for getting in skirmishes and i guess you use that to update your boat um the game looks really pretty uh you can go sign up for a beta right now and um you know, all that stuff. They tease it out with a kind of conclusion that uh, the world will evolve and tease that there, like, are maybe some sea monsters and stuff for you to encounter at a later date. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know about this one. So, fall 2018. So, it's a while off. I'm sure we'll see more about it and we'll be able to talk about it uh, as we get more information. So, did you guys have any kind of closing thoughts on that before we move on? On uh, Skull and Bones? Yeah. I think I sent you that Scott Pilgrim gift that actually or accurately sums up my feelings. Just uh do you want yeah, do you want to explain that yeah. for the listeners? Okay. Um so there's a scene in Scott Pilgrim versus the world where he's confronted by 
a bad guy who's dressed kind of like a pirate and <laughs> says, what are you, a pirate? Pirates are in this year. Which is just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Hit the same note there, man. I think I made the joke off camera yesterday that I feel like we're going to go from a landscape where I was like, man, I really, like, why are there no pirate <laughs> games? To just being like, man, why are these two identical pirate games out right now? Uh, yeah, man, we seem to have a little concern with the pirates for some reason. But no single player things, which is the thing I actually want. <laughs> a story-driven pirate game. The Sid Meier's Pirates, Pete, you know, you can... Oh, great. Sid Meier's like... Pirates is a good game. Yeah, you can... Yeah, but it's like fucking old. Go back to 1990-whatever. <laughs> I want a new story-driven action game about pirates, guys. I want Assassin's Creed minus pirates, which is what... I, or, I'm sorry, I want... Assassin's Creed 4 minus the Assassin's Creed stuff. So just pirates. <laughs> Assassin's wow. Creed minus pirates set in the modern day. Looks like you gotta <laughs> pitch a fucking idea to a studio. Yeah, I guess so. I'm the, I, no one's gonna make this game. I guess I gotta. Um, but alright, so the next up, we got uh, Just Dance 2018's trailer, which, um, you know, this is a thing they do every year at the Ubi's conference, but I was happy that it was the shortest they've ever done it. They had a little Sub-Zero dance crew come out in a K-pop band with a dancing panda, and then it was over. So, good stuff. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, Just Dance 2018 coming to all consoles, including the fucking Wii, which is ridiculous. The original Wii? Yup. That game still comes out on Wii in 2018. They still make things for the Wii? That game probably still sells best on Wii in 2018. <laughs> it probably does, honestly. Not the Wii U even, those poor bastards. Also, petition to change Thompson's beginning of the show name to Robert, a K-pop band with a dancing panda, Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it, that's fine. I really don't care. I'm not against it. Um, Alright, so the next up, we got a teaser for uh, a new South Park mobile game, uh, which is called South Park Phone Destroyer. It looks like it's kind of a, like, sister game to, like, the Fractured But Whole, um... It's, they showed, like, originally, uh, Cartman calls your main character and is like, oh, like, we're playing Cowboys and Indians, put on some cowboy shit and come outside. And then they show that there's, like, a bunch of other factions, like, pirates and wizards and aliens and chickens and pigeons. So, it seems like it's gonna be, like, a light tactical phone kind of game, uh, but it also seems like it has some, like, cutscenes and fully voiced stuff, a la, you know, the South Park console games, so... Uh, it's coming in 2018. Don't really know what to think about this one, but you know we'll see more about it as it comes out. I'm sure. Is it free to play? Um, I think so. I would imagine so. I'll probably pick it up then. At least try it. I mean, I'm just a huge fan of South Park. Um, you know if it's made by the same group making the Fraction Bubble? I wouldn't think so. That's actually why it's been delayed so long. Yeah, it's like I was just trying to figure <laughs> that out. Like, hmm, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I think Ubisoft has um, one or two small developers that are specifically for phone games. Okay. So well, I would, would imagine it's pro- probably one of them. Because um, I know, like, they did uh, a Rayman phone game a couple, like, one or two years ago that was apparently pretty well received. So um, I would imagine it's one of those one of those groups. But I'm with you. Like, I'll, I'll probably download it and give it a shot if it's free to play. Um, I don't know how much time I'll actually sink into it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so then we got a, uh, a really interesting looking game. I don't exactly know how this is going to pan out, but uh, the game's called Starlink Battle for Atlas. 
developed by Ubisoft Toronto. Uh, it's like a space exploration kind of game. There's like a bunch of aliens to fight and everything. But what's really interesting about it is uh, it's a toys to life game with spaceships. So uh, looks like it's going to be, they showed it on Nintendo Switch. I think it's also going to be on Xbox, um, probably Sony as well. But, uh, you know, it, it looks like very similar to um, kind of like Lego, the Lego toys to life game. Dimension? Lego Dimension? Dimensions. Dimensions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where you have, like, a base, and you build your ship on that base, and you can, like, customize it with different parts, and then that translates to the ship you have in the game. Um, it, it definitely looks like, hey, the Toys to Life kids are growing up. How can we, how can we keep them in this, you know, this, uh, this churn or whatever? Um, but it looks like it has a story and everything. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, obviously this isn't, for us, but I feel like it seems like weird to try to put out another Toys to Life game where that's already kind of a crowded market and it doesn't really seem to be. It seems like that has kind of plateaued in my mind. Yeah, I mean, so, I, don't... I mean, they like killed in Disney Infinity. Um, you know, like like Dimensions like exists, and I think that's like it's pretty successful. Yeah, but I think like the fact that it exists and they have such openness about it, it it doesn't really. It will, like, crush competition, you know what I mean? It's fucking Lego. You can do anything. Yeah, and, like, this doesn't have the benefit of, like, an IP that people know. Right. You know, like, this is a brand new thing. Yeah. I mean, Lego's Lego. People know that shit all over the world, you know? It's like Coca-Cola and McDonald's, then, and that's that's going to sell right off that. You know, I love Lego, but I never... I wasn't, like, you know, old enough, like... Sorry, I reversed it. I wasn't really young enough to get into Lego Dimensions when it came out, obviously, which... You know, like, maybe, like I said, they're hitting a the market for older people, but I hope it works. Um, I just don't see it through. Yeah, like, I hope everything is successful. Um, but uh, the one thing that I guess might be a saving grace for it is they said digital versions are available. Oh, So may okay. maybe the Toys to Life stuff isn't mandatory, and maybe that's just, like, a thing that they are going to aim at the kids and the diehards. I don't know. Um, all right, so, yeah, uh, we got a 2018 release window on that one. Um, and it is coming to PS4, excuse me, Switch, Xbox, and PS4. So, I don't know about this one, guys. Um, Andy, Sean, any thoughts? I hope it's cool is, like, really the only thing I have to say. Um, it's probably not for me, but if it's fun and the digital versions are cheap, like, I'll play it. Yeah, I could I could definitely see you getting into this if it's actually good, just because you're, you're a fan of... Of figurines and and I, little spaceships. <laughs> I do love my little spaceships. You should see my extensive toolbox full of plastic Star Wars ships. I mean, Andy, if that's the case, like I, I have to start showing you some of my spaceship collections. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I hope it's good. Um, I hope Lego Dimensions was good, and I think it's supposed to be. In a you know, the Toys to Life games aren't aimed at us. Way. Right, yeah, they're definitely aimed at, like, a much younger crowd, so, you know, hopefully it speaks to them. But, like, I played and enjoyed a little bit of Disney Infinity with my brother one time. It was okay. I've heard that game was actually, like, pretty good in terms of, like, overall gameplay. Um, but alright, so moving on, uh, we saw more about Steep, which is a game that I forgot existed. Um, it was that extreme sports thing that they put out last year with, like, the snowboarding and all that shit. Um, they're putting out an expansion on December 5th, definitely not our thing, so if you give a shit about Steep, go check it out. 
Uh, Far Cry 5, we finally got a little bit of that from them. We saw a, uh, a new trailer um, with the uh, kind of big daddy boss guy, uh, you know, with all the tattoos and everything, shirtless, singing Amazing Grace to uh, a church filled with people holding guns. Um, so pretty strong imagery there. Uh, the creative director and executive producer of the Far Cry series came out to talk about Far Cry 5, explained how uh, the world is cut off. He kind of like gave us an explanation for why this can happen in an American city or town, rather. Um, the roads have all been closed off. Um, there's no cell service. So um, kind of a lot of the stuff that we were predicting as to what their explanations would be. Uh, then we saw some actual gameplay. And um, so it looks like uh, Animal Companions from Far Cry Primal will be making a return uh, because they showed you having a dog companion that you can direct around. Um, you also have a group of allies that you can direct. Uh, you have like a sniper. There's a, a guy who's your driver, a person who's like the air support guy. And uh, on different missions, you can kind of call them in for assists or whatever and, and direct them around the map. They showed um, uh, Grace Armstrong was the... Uh, the sniper character that they showed and there was a mission where you met up with her and there was like a water tower and you could aim your reticle at the water tower tell her to go up there and then they showed when you actually got into the combat and you were down in the nitty-gritty of things she was picking people off with a rifle um so that's cool and um they showed some more of the co-op stuff uh not too much of it but you know again full game is playable in, in co-op and then uh you know we just kind of got a, a treat to some you know Standard Far Cry gameplay, some brutal-ass fight scenes and kills. They showed a dude getting run over by a tractor and stuff. Um, so, I don't know. It was pretty cool. And uh, that that was, I think, one of the best moments of the, the show for them, where it was it was tight. It, there wasn't a lot of needless talking. They didn't reiterate a bunch of shit. Um, and I just, you know, I'm biased. I couldn't be more excited for another Far Cry 5 game. Or for another Far Cry game, excuse me. Another Far Cry 5. Pete. Let's get the first one. I'm not going to be able to say that until Far Cry 6 comes out. <laughs> so what do you guys think? I cannot wait for, like, the bear scene that they showed in the, the original opening trailer. Like, uh, you were talking about the tractor rolling over a dude. Um, yeah. So that's, like, two little tiny things that have just, like, sparked my interest in the game beyond it being a Far Cry game that I'm already going to be interested in. Um, now we get to see fun shit like that. So I can't wait to see, like, what ridiculous crap is playing. You know, it's probably going to be, like, uh, they're not like religious. This this uh, group, right? They're just like. Oh no! Yeah, no, that's a religious cult. Oh, it's a religious cult too. Okay, well then, there's yeah. probably going to be like crucifixions, crucifixions and shit. And I'm like, I'm um, just waiting to see like what hilarity ensues from this game. Like you know, like when a fucking mountain lion runs down this like hill and kills a guy or some shit. Or like they're like, <laughs> oh, you know what? It's true. Let me get into the uh, the tractor and roll over like a street full of people. You know, freaking racist and stuff. It's just going to be great. It's going to be fun game. The gameplay looks great. Um, companion thing looked awesome because uh, you obviously like are like a one man army in the previous Far Cry games. Um, so having her up in the sniper tower was cool as fuck. And I just think it's gonna be great, man. Like it's Far Cry now. Yeah. I was like trepidatious on that one episode, but look into it a little more. It looks good. Yeah, I mean, the more we see of this game, the more I'm I'm into it and sold that it aesthetically is going to work. You know, I think this trailer really did it for me in terms of, like, they show this scene where, you know, it's the, the thing I was talking about with this other character. Right after you direct her to go up in the water tower, you're, like, looking down. There's these, these religious guys. One of them's on the back of a truck yelling this crazy, you know, religious... Um, 
just, you know, just, just yammering on basically. And these other two, they have these two innocent people like on their knees on the ground and uh, they hit the one guy in the head with a baseball bat. And then like, you're sneaking down to get in there and you go through this uh, school bus that's been like, you know, kind of tipped over and it's all bloody inside and all this shit. And like the roads look all totally ravaged and it looks like a Far Cry game. Like it has that yeah. vibe, even though it's distinctly an American setting. Yeah, yeah. I was really concerned about how that was going to play. I, I think the one thing that um, I'm just like slightly confused about is why there isn't like government drone strikes trying to take this town back. You know? <laughs> yeah, like there's there's got to be an explanation for that. Like I guess maybe like they destroyed all of the lines of communication out before they took over and maybe the yeah. people just don't know. Maybe it's like you know? maybe you're there like, you know, week one of this. It hasn't been months on it. I don't know. Yeah, right, but. exactly. Yeah, who who knows, right? Um, and also, the government in the world of Far Cry is super shady, so, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the the character that you're playing and the team that you're leading is the government's Oh, you know what? That, you're, you're fucking solid snake. Thank you. You just sold the game for me again. So, that's great. <laughs> it's like, they've done a lot of stuff where they've set up, you know, in the previous two games, the American government is not above sending covert agents in to disrupt... Yeah you know, uh, other governments and stuff. I could definitely see there being a narrative like, oh, this would be a huge embarrassment to the government. We're going to send you in and take care of everything and pay everybody off. So it's Far Cry 5, Pliskin's Revenge. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Escape from Montana. Yeah, that's basically it. Like, I'm super excited for this now. If there's a Kurt Russell main character, dibs. Like, when we play this <laughs> as a co-op squad? <laughs> yeah, you can have him, that's fine. I'll take the crazy guy with the, uh, what's the, what's the guy's name in, uh, Escape from the, oh, Andy, you didn't see Escape from LA. Never mind. I did not see Escape from LA. I am not gonna bring that up. Don't worry. Just go watch it. <laughs> uh, so Sean, I know you've said that, um, that the, the kind of stuff we've seen about Far Cry and us talking about it has kind of piqued your interest. Um, did this extra stuff do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, I think the game looks really cool. <clears throat> um, and I, you know, I love what it seems to be about. So there's a a decent chance I'll pick this up. Uh, I've I've said this a few times, but there's just so there are just so many games coming out right now, and you know you got to be really choosy. Uh, this is not a, an IP that I've ever interacted with before, so I'm hesitant to jump in on the fifth installment. Not that I I know that they're not like super related between the games, or at least that's the impression that I get. There is zero zero connection. Right, which which definitely is cool. Um, it's just going to be a matter of when it comes out and what else is out around that time. I think that's... Yeah, I get that. I think the game does look cool. really good. This is the only thing from Ubisoft that I've seen that is remotely appealing. <laughs> I mean, this is the only one from Ubisoft that I can say I will get. You know, the other ones, like, I think are great. It's just some of them are, I, I like to get. I don't have a lot of money, and i got to be real picky when I get, so... But but Far Cry is a solid investment. It's like it's like investing in gold in the stock market. You know? Like you're you're set. <laughs> yeah, there there's no chance in hell. I mean, like I missed Far Cry Primal because it came out at a time when I was super busy and like I had just played Far Cry Four, so I ended up skipping that one. But there's no time that a mainline Far Cry game is going to come out, and I'm not going to pick it up after Far Cry Three. Likewise, the uh, standalone expansion of Far Cry Blood Dragon, um, that may be the best Far Cry. I think Andy said that too, actually. Oh, yeah. I love Far Cry Blood Dragon. So, like, Sean, if you want to get into the series for, like, maybe 10 bucks at this point, because that is, it was already a not $60 game to start, and I'm sure it's a lot cheaper now. 
You could always try out Blood Dragon. I could also loan you a copy of Far Cry 3 or Far Cry 4 if oh, you really want to go back. But um, I would honestly, I just pick up this one, dude. You know, and like if you get into it and you want to go back, then maybe then do that. But um, I would rather you use the next couple months to play Mass Effect or something and then uh, jump in Far Cry 5. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing for sure. Um, all right, so uh, to wrap up the show, we got a really, really cool story trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2, um, but uh, there, there's a lot to unpack there. But All right, so just to talk about the trailer before we talk about the context of it, it looks really cool graphically. Um, I don't really know much about the original, but like if the gameplay is as cool as this trailer, like that'll be a motivation enough for me to go back and play the free copy that Ubisoft gave me this year. Um but it looks like fun, you know, like you don't really see a lot of video games like this anymore, you know, like there's this like monkey hybrid man guy who's like a thief and he steals this thing from this like old like Chinese, like he had like a Fu Manchu kind of look to him, like this like pig mob boss guy and he like escapes and then like there's this um this black woman who comes like and swoops in on like a like a fucking hover motorcycle and then they're running away and the cops are chasing them and stuff. I don't know. Like, it looks really cool. Um, it looks like a kind of game that we don't really get anymore and an aesthetic that I'd definitely be interested in. Um, but they said that it takes place in a new solar system. You're the head of this like rebel force that's trying to rebel against these corporations that are making all these like human animal hybrids and making them slaves. Um, it's a prequel to the original Beyond Good and Evil, despite the fact that it's called Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, it's all new characters. Um, it's been in development, they said, for three years. Um, but I don't know. Like, they mentioned that there's some online stuff. They said that you can register for their Space Monkey program, which is like a beta that you can help them develop the online portions and stuff. So it's like they said it's in development for three years, but I just don't know what that means. Like, is that two or three years of pre-pro and now you're actually starting to make the game? Like, we didn't see anything. So I'm not... I don't know. I'm I'm not inclined to believe that this game is really far along at all. Um, like it looks really cool, but who knows if or when we'll ever see this game again? You know, like in 2008 they put out a trailer like this, and we're like, Beyond Good and Evil Two is coming, and oh wow, here we are almost ten years later, and <laughs> the game's still not out. So so wait wait, if it's been in development for three years, regardless of if they've you know developed for three years or not, how can they claim that when they put a trailer out like nine years ago? I mean, I guess that means that they were developing it in 2008, or they planned to develop it in 2008, and they never started, or they scrapped development. Well, like, obviously this, you know, like Obviously, this isn't the same game that they started in oh, 2008. Oh, I, mean, I thought know? that they were like, you know, like, StarCraft 2 took 12 years, and then they said, like, oh, it's coming, and then, you know, like, eight years passed, so I was like, maybe it was that? I think it's probably more, it's probably more like Final Fantasy 15, you know, where okay. it was like, oh, Final Fantasy Versus 13 is coming out. Yes. Wait, no, it's not. Wait, now it's Final Fantasy 15. Wait, we started over again. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's coming out in three years. What a sorted game history. I don't know about this. Uh, you know, like, I'm interested in it, but I'm not holding my breath to see it actually come out. I mean, like, the setting looks neat, but I don't, um, I know for a fact that I beat Beyond Good and Evil when I was younger. I just don't remember a thing about it. I don't remember any single any second of that game so mm. i don't care in that respect you know like i don't have anything to do this i don't i feel like it might be for more so people who like fondly remember the first game and somehow i don't have like, any oh yeah of it at all. i mean people have been clamoring for this forever but i have a feeling it's going to end up being like a mirror's edge thing where like they're like we want mirror's edge 2 we want mirror's edge 2 and then it came out and nobody bought it and right. now they're never going to make another mirror's edge game yeah. so 
Yeah. Could be. I hope this game comes out for the people that are have been invested in it, for people that have been waiting for it for ten fucking years. Um but I don't know, like I don't I don't know that this is ever gonna come out. Yeah. <laughs> uh alright, so then they closed out the conference with kind of like the weirdest I don't know, it was a very awkward ending. They called up every developer who had been on who had like talked during the show to come up on stage while Eve kind of like closed it out and like clapped and stuff and I, it was just super awkward it was very slow and like it didn't seem very calculated it seemed like he was kind of like yeah everybody on sh- come on come up here come up here and it was kind of like oh i don't i don't know about this maybe just end you know like <laughs> that's an option um yeah so uh you know overall it was fine is a little bloated but definitely much better paced than last year um i don't know i miss aisha hashtag bring back aisha yeah i agree she was always uh, <clears throat> one of the more interesting parts of the Ubisoft conferences. I, at first, I thought it was weird that they even had her, but over the years, they got used to it. So it's strange that uh, she's no longer involved. Yeah, like, I remember the first year, it was such a, like, Aisha Tyler's doing this? Like, okay, I mean, I, I heard that she plays video games, but then it's like, oh, no, like, she knows what she's fucking talking about. Like, and like you said, like, she had been doing it for so many years, like, it got to a point where, like, she was a staple of the show for me. Yeah, I agree. Ubisoft's show was always slow and awkward, and she would always make jokes, and she would make fun of it, and I don't know, like, I think she was a big part of why that show was usually not a grind, and now that was just gone. So, the fact that it wasn't a fucking train wreck without her shows that it was definitely an improvement, but, you know, that's not saying much. I think, uh... I think what I felt from that specifically is like if you if you watched like you know the Channel Five news and it was like the same voice guy for ten years and it was like what are you gonna do with that and then suddenly it's a new guy you're gonna be like what the fuck I, I don't that's not the Channel Five news guy you know like that's, that's yeah. how she felt she was like she was a, a Ubisoft person and it didn't I don't know it just didn't have this like you said the same pacing she definitely kept it going for sure so I don't know hopefully they'll bring her back like maybe she just couldn't do it this year or whatever yeah, maybe. you know I don't know. I don't feel like anybody disliked her as a host, so I, it seems weird Never that they wouldn't that bring her back. <laughs> yeah, um, that was that's my thing anyway. Uh, so, all right, moving right along, we're going to jump into the PlayStation conference now, um, which I think, for my money, was probably the second best conference. Uh, it was, it wasn't particularly exciting for most of it. I think a lot of it was kind of it was just stuff we saw last year, and it was just more of it. And we got release dates for some of it, release windows for some of the other stuff. So, eh, you know, it's like it was good, but it definitely wasn't great. I mean, like they also had that uh, that special kind of event that we covered at Slack Slash, where like they released all this information about this shit with the pro and all that. So, it's like they kind of released a lot of their spoilers back then, you know? Yeah, and like you know, their the thing for Sony to do is to come out and talk about first parties. Yeah, like that's. The, that's the thing that's really going to, like, make a splash um, more than anything, I think. And we know what all the third parties are working on. You know, like, all these games that we saw this year, we knew about last year or the year before that. Yeah. And, like, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about what we thought Sony was going to do at E3. And I kind of predicted that this was going to be the problem that they'd run into where it's like, the things we're seeing are cool, but, you know, there's no announcements. There's no big pops. Right. There's nothing to, like, steal the show, really. They threw all their wood on the fire. Now we're just watching it burn. Yeah, and I, that's not bad. Like, it was fine. Like, I think this was a pretty by-the-numbers E3 anyway, so 
I don't think it was like a glaringly bad conference or anything. I enjoyed it, but um, you say for one or two big announcements that came, there definitely wasn't nearly as much as the last two years where they've come out and blown people away. Yeah, I really, I, I really don't uh, have a problem with that. <clears throat> uh, this is something that's you know pretty typical in comics as well. And Wizard, you know, not Wizard World, um, <clears throat> San Diego Comic Con or New York Comic Con. Those are the big ones. You go there expecting huge news, and sometimes uh, the film, the film publishers don't have like a brand new movie to announce or something like that. So we get a trailer for a movie that we already know is coming, and that's nice. And I, I felt the same way here. It was nice to get more Spider-Man footage, uh, and you know, I think they stayed the course. I think they did what they had to do with what they had. You know, whereas Microsoft didn't do what they had to do with what they had. So for me, that's a success. Yeah, I would agree with that. What do you think, Eddie? I like I like Sony's conference, and I don't know. I preferred Microsoft's that is honestly probably has something to do with the fact that I'm an Xbox owner. For my money, Sony's conference was fine. It didn't do anything, you know, special. They focused a lot on VR, which... Makes sense and all, but I have no interest in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, that's, you know, that's always a problem for Sony at these shows. They have a lot of skews to hit, and, uh, you know, they have to talk about VR for the people that care about VR, but for anyone who doesn't, that's a huge yep. chunk of the show that's just kind of, okay. Yeah. Well, that existed. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's jump in here. Um, so I will say Sony's presentation this year I thought was really good. Um, they had a lot of really cool, just kind of little in-house elements for the people in the crowd that I thought played pretty well. Um, they opened with a traditional Indian band, um, which I was really into on a presentational level. They had like an actual waterfall come in and we're doing all these like crazy Disneyland water SFX and stuff. And I don't know, it was pretty tight. Um... And uh, that was kind of their lead-in to announcing Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Or not announcing it, but showing a, a, a full trailer, I guess, for it. We've already seen a good amount of this game, which is disappointing to me. But, um, you know, it's it looks great. I can't wait for it. It's more Uncharted. I love Chloe as a character. Nadine was fine in Uncharted 4, so I'd be interested to see if they can make me care a little more about her. Um, we got uh, an introduction to the antagonist, who is this, like super imposing indian dude um very very like creepy like he seems like a good uncharted villain um i just hope he's a little more interesting than most uncharted villains um but yeah so i know i'm I'm really the only one with like a big relationship to uncharted so uh we can move right along here to another game that i'm super excited about which was we got a drop of some fake snow, set the stage, you know, gets very, very light blue lights, and then we got the reveal of brand new Horizon DLC, which I am so excited for. Uh, it's called The Frozen Wilds. Uh, it's this snowy part of the world where people go seeking glory, uh, but only find death, and um, Aloy is trying to get into another mountain, uh, which, you know, mild spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, mountains are generally holder. They have like technology from the old world in there. So um, there's a couple reveals during the game that come from mountains and stuff. So she's trying to go track down this new mountain for answers. Uh, I guess you know more 
about the mystery of Horizon Zero Dawn, um, or about Project Zero Dawn, rather, I should say. Um, and they tease that you must defeat the beast that guards it, and it looked like it might be, like, a huge fucking boss battle or something, uh, which is really exciting to me. Um, it's coming in 2017, they said. No date, but I would imagine that's probably going to come out sometime in the fall or the winter. Uh, you know, it's the frozen wild, so, like, winter would probably seem appropriate. Snow DLC in the winter, Pete. What are you, crazy? Steaming. <laughs> you gotta capture that, uh, that vibe you had in 1998 of playing Super Mario 64's ice level and looking out the window while it snowed, you know? <laughs> wow. That is nostalgia right there. I've been saying this is the best year in game since 1998. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Man, uh, Persona 5 sucked. I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't get any great RPGs. It would be so funny if Persona 5 was actually bad and you were still just playing it anyway. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> that would be really upsetting. He knows you're never going to play it, so he could just say it whatever he wants and how great it is. And he's just like, yeah, it's fucking amazing, man. And every night he just cries. <laughs> And he's part of a worldwide conspiracy of Persona fans to convince people that Persona 5 is good. Atlas <laughs> <laughs> is a great company as they're tying the noose around it. <laughs> that would be the world's I'm, funniest conspiracy. I'm willing to pay the extra money, I swear. <laughs> it's totally worth ten more dollars, I promise. <laughs> uh, so yeah, next up we saw a trailer from uh, another one from Days Gone, which is the new game from Sony Bend. I know Andy has some some thoughts on this one, but I'm going to just get through what we saw in it, and then uh, I'll let him rebuttal. Um, so we saw uh, the reveal that animals can apparently be zombified. We saw your character getting chased by a zombie dog on a bike. Uh, we saw some really visceral kind of fight scenes with a uh, a little, like, choke-out cutscene kind of thing. Looked like a, um, what, what are those called? Quick time? You, you... Yeah, quick time event, maybe. Um... But uh, it kind of reminded me of some of the stuff I've seen from The Last of Us, which is not a great comparison to be making to a game about zombies from Sony. But uh, <laughs> it looks really pretty. Um, Sony had, uh, you know, this was another weird production thing, but they had, like, real actors hanging from the ceiling during this shit, dressed up like zombies and super crazy. Um, but your character runs into a settlement of hostiles. You trip a tripwire um, that they hear and they come looking for you. Uh, they showed that, like, traps and stealth seem to have a, a pretty significant part of the, you know, the gameplay, which, considering last year we just saw, like, a big rush of zombies chasing you and running and shooting, um, that gives us a better idea of what I think some of the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay looks like. Uh, I think it looks a lot better than last year, a lot more interesting. Um, I was sold on this game based just on Sony Ben's pedigree, like, I want to see what their big AAA, you know, show-up party is, but... Based on some, seeing some of this, I actually think it looks pretty good now. Um, we saw some of the more mechanics on how the zombies work. Like, if you... Like, the guy set a trap, like a bear trap, and um, someone stepped in it, and the NPC started screaming. And while he was screaming, it attracted a horde of zombies. So you were able to, like, sneak away stealthily and not have to fight all these people. Um, and uh, the conclusion was, you're trying to save someone that you know, seems like a friend of yours, from a settlement... So you use a bomb to set off a small explosion that attracts another wave of zombies that forces all the people in the camp to like run away and scatter. And then you get up to the top and the guy who was interrogating your friend is the only one left. Uh, and then that kind of just set into a, you know, a full story kind of thing of them. You know, you have a Mexican standoff with this guy, you free your friend, you guys are going to leave. And then you see this big fucking zombie bear get ready to attack you. And that was kind of the cut. 
Um, seems like it had a pretty good sense of humor. The cutscenes looked nice. Um, animations look pretty good. Uh, we got no date on this, which is still pretty concerning for me. Like, I, again, this game has been in development for forever, and it seems like we should have an idea of when the fuck it's coming out. But given Sony's track record over the last couple years of announcing a game and then pushing it back, like, two or three times, I also don't necessarily blame them. Um, but Andy, I know you were, you were ready to jump at this one on the bit during oh, the Xbox yeah. yesterday. So. I, I'm not excited for this game. Five years ago, I would have been very excited for this game, I think, but it isn't showing me anything that I haven't, like, seen before, I don't feel. I think that's a fair assessment. I'm not super interested in a zombie game set in what looks to be the Pacific Northwest from Sony, um, which, unfair or not, the, the Last of Us comparisons are there, you know? Yeah, people are going to make them, you know, like, whether it's fair or not. Um, I, yeah, I think that's I think that's a legitimate complaint. And uh, I don't know, I, I just, from what I saw here, I, I got my interest peaked a little bit, you know? Just, it's a Sony story-driven game, and that makes me pay attention. So, I don't I don't think you're wrong, I don't even disagree with you, but I'm, I'm still interested. Yeah, I don't, like, reason. I don't begrudge you, I don't think you're wrong to be interested. Doesn't speak to you? Yeah. So what about you, Thompson? You're a you're a zombie friendly guy. I'm I'm really on the fence on this one because I I'm in the same boat with both of you in a little ways. Like with Pete, I wasn't really into this uh, until this trailer it really kind of showed me some mechanics that I really like. Uh, I disagree though with the Last of Us comparison because like it neither takes place in the Pacific Northwest even for a moment, and the the things in the Last of Us um, they're less like the zombies that you see in this game, and more of just like a, like an ever-present antagonist kind of thing. You know, like, they're really not the focus of the game so much as this one seems to be. Um, so, like, I, I don't know, I don't really see that comparison, but I think I'm the only one who played that game, so that might be it. Um, and then with Andy, like, I feel though, like, I do kind of feel like I haven't really gotten anything new out of this, though. It's, like, more of the same. I don't know really what game to compare it to, but I do feel like if this was a little bit, you know, a couple years ago even, um, maybe I just, like, kind of grew out of that, the genre a little bit, but I don't know if it's, like... I mean, it looks, like, really sound and really cool and everything. I'm sure it's, like, fun to be had, but, like, I'd prefer to play something right now like Horizon, which is unique in comparison to this. You know, like, it's the yeah. same style of gameplay in that third-person action combat, but, like, I would totally rather... I haven't played Horizon yet, so it's, like... I would totally rather jump into that. Um, even if they were coming out at the same time and Horizon didn't have any reviews saying it's great, you know, I'd rather play Horizon with it. Yeah, I mean, zombies are played out, man. I mean, like, yeah. they've, been, they've been a trend in games for a long fucking time, and, you know, even if the game is good, I it that framing device is going to be a hindrance for it, I think, in terms of it finding an audience or setting itself apart. Yeah, I'm starting to think it might be more of, like, a shot in the foot to, like, include zombies in a game as the antagonist, which is, like, kind of why I like The Last of Us so much, because they really, truly weren't zombies. Also, like, Naughty Dog is just... Naughty Dog isn't Sony Bend. You no, know, like, they aren't. Yeah. Like, Naughty Dog is... Naughty Dog is one of the few developers that their name really has cachet, and I think, like, you can... Like, if Naughty Dog's making it, it's going to be judged differently than some Sony first party that no one's ever heard of except for me because they made the Uncharted game on Vita. Right, right. Um, it, it makes sense, yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I have I have hopes for high hopes for this one, but I I definitely hear your trepidation. What about you, Sean? Did it do anything for you? So <clears throat> I watched this trailer on YouTube, and my favorite comment is previously on AMC's The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is really accurate. Holy shit! Uh, yeah. So. Despite the fact that that's a thing, it definitely is reminiscent of The Walking Dead. I'd love to play a Walking Dead game that looks like this. Right. You know, right. I, me too. I don't. I don't have any problem with this game. Uh, I hear you, what you guys are saying. This reminds me a lot of Tomb Raider. Uh, I guess in the game, the gameplay style, but that's become yeah, sure. a thing now. So you know, you can say that about a lot of games. I guess. I don't. I don't think that this game will struggle to find the market as long as it's good. Because it looks good. I don't think zombies are out of vogue yet. Um, and I, I think that this could provide a unique experience. I, I like, I like the way that the zombies were utilized here in terms of, you know, you've got to blow something up to attract their attention kind of thing. I think that's interesting. And, uh, I personally haven't played a game with zombies in it in a very long time. So I'm, I'm in. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe you and I'll be able to sell these guys on it when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so then next up, uh, we got Sean Layden came out on the stage, slowed the pace big time here, but uh, he's a good presenter and he kept it he kept it brief enough. So um, we then we got the announcement of the next Monster Hunter game, which is called Monster Hunter World. Uh, looks polished as hell for a Monster Hunter game, man. Yeah. I think like it looks pretty by the numbers, like it it looks very much like a Monster Hunter game, but like. No, like, a lot less janky than your standard Monster Hunter fare. The graphics look pretty clean. Like, if you're a Monster Hunter fan, definitely something to pay attention to, I think. Yeah, uh, I started playing Monster Hunter at 3, and I played all the other ones since. Generations was, like, I think the last one that came out, and I fucking loved it. So this is right up my alley, but, uh, in not too much of a spoiler kind of thing, it's just, like, if we have, you know, that other Code Vein game coming out, which is like a Dark Souls kind of game, and Monster Hunter is, you know, like a little Dark Soulsy in the way uh, commanded. It's just like I don't, I don't think I'm gonna get to this one, even though it's like probably gonna be fucking amazing, it's probably the best one of the Monster Hunters. I'm just kind of maybe burnt down on those games. It took me a second to realize that you were talking about you started playing Monster Hunter at Monster Hunter Three, not you were three years old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Monster> <laughs> Next up is uh, we got a pretty interesting announcement, I think, which is uh, Shadow of the Colossus is getting a... Uh, it's called Shadow of the Colossus Remastered, but it's a, a true remake of the game. Um, so uh, this is this didn't come at the... Um, like, the, the reveal trailer was just that. It was a trailer. The It's going to be made by Bluepoint, who is a studio that is known for literally just, like, remastering games. It's what they do. They did the Uncharted Collection. Um... So, like, they're known for building games kind of from the ground up and modernizing them a little bit. And, uh, I mean, it looks really good. Um, the one thing I wrote was, let's just hope it plays better, too. Because uh, I've never played the original, really. Like, I played it, I tried to play it um, when they re-released it on PlayStation 3, but I just could not deal with its controls. Um, but, uh, after the show, uh, we got word from... Um, Shuhei Yoshida, who is the Sony Worldwide Studios president, uh, he's the guy who kind of uh, is the front of the first party stuff at Sony, and he said, it's a remake, the game content is the same as the original version, but all the assets are being remade. I figured we could use such tech if we were going to remake 
uh, or if we were going to make Shadow of the Colossus in the PS4 era. So they're 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 going to be fixing up the um, the controls to make it play in like a modern version, a modern way that feels less clunky. But you're also going to be able to switch back to the original controls and play it that way as well. So that to me is the best of both worlds. So if you haven't played it and you want to jump back in, or you want to jump in and try it for the first time, this seems like it'll be a good point of entry for you. Uh, but if you want to just go back and nostalgically revisit a game from your past, you'll have that option too. But it'll look a lot better. Coming in 2018, so keep an eye open. Uh, so then we got uh, some information about MVC Infinite. Um, they had real-life flamethrowers in the in the room, which was pretty cool. Um, we saw some story cutscenes with the two cast of characters working together and bargaining with Thanos to help them. Uh, so it looks like there's actually like a main story, which is something these games have never had, uh, which is interesting to do that in the fourth entry in the series but i'm into it uh ultron appears to be the main villain and uh we you know i i think we already got this release date but september september 19th is coming out and uh there's a a free story demo available um that you can go check out if you want to get a taste of the story yeah um i actually um watched the demo of a let's play it and i gotta say like i the only thing I'm sold on this game. I'm like really upset about that because it. I mean, there's like multiple things that have just become glaringly obvious that I don't like about it, and I don't think I'm gonna get past this game. I am inclined to feel the same way. Um, I am glad that they're gonna try to implement a story. I mean, I I really like story modes in fighting games. Yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, that's that's cool. But I don't. I actually just like. I don't think I'm gonna get past the fact that it's just a two v two when I. Really, really expected to be a three v three, considering that's been like Marvel's thing, Marvel's Capcom's thing for the last two big games for what over maybe fifteen years now. It's a little strange to jump into that, and like I don't know, I'm not sure. Like that's for me <laughs> for that game at least. You know? Yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. I, I looking at that Dragon Fighter Z game they put out yesterday, I was kind of like, oh, this is the Marvel vs. Capcom game. I want. Right, like the moment I saw that game, I immediately said, like, yeah, if, if this came out, if they came out of the gates looking like that, I mean, I know it's Dragon Ball Z and I'm a fan, but I'm also a fan of the other games, so it's like, if they came out with 3v3 and, like, even, you know, the art style's fine for me, but it's that, that kind of, like, intensity of the battle that I came to expect, like, something about it doesn't feel as, like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, from Marvel's, Marvel's Capcom 3, um, it, like, looks the same as that, but it still doesn't have that to it. I don't know why. I really don't know where it is that I'm missing it, but... It just looks a lot slower to me, a lot less frantic. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Sean, so you're the big fighting guy. What do you what did you think about this? So, the big thing that stuck out to me is... Uh, well, there's a couple things. One, I don't know what it is, but Chun-Li looks like an unfinished character. Okay, that's something I was thinking of, yeah. Her, yeah, like, sure. one of her eyebrows is just not finished. Like, they just didn't finish placing it in. And um, she just looks really bad. I don't know what happened there, uh, but that really, really stuck out to me. And I was a defender of this game, saying that graphically it looked great and that the character models look great. And I still think that, but um, that's just one example of, like, what happened, you know, what went wrong. Um, <clears throat> also of note is that the game has a story which is interesting there's a story mode which is more than just you fighting predetermined teams of 
other heroes until you get to a boss for no reason. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, so Ultron and Sigma are kind of like bonding, and that's interesting. Although the way that the voiceovers are handled is really bad because it's just two voices fused. They don't even sound. It sounds like they just took one person's voice track, another po- person's voice track, and didn't even sync them and just ran them alongside <laughs> each other. I uh, totally so agree. Yeah. Yeah. But now, just to talk about the gameplay, I think the gameplay looks phenomenal. Uh, I love the fact that they're including the Infinity Stones um, because when, you know, in uh, part two, when you played as Thanos, one of the coolest things was that he had, he had access to the stones. So now that everyone kind of does, I think that's going to make the gameplay really interesting. And I could see how having 3v3 gameplay and the, the Infinity Stones would have caused just way too much chaos. So if they felt like the best choice was to scale back, I'm cool with that. I don't think that they've made mistakes uh, recently as far as the gameplay of their fighting game, so I trust Capcom. I'm into it. All right. Yeah. Nice. Good. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to adopt a wait and see mentality here. You know, like I wanna, I wanna hope for the best, but I'm just, I'm not sure yet. All right. Uh, so next up, we got a trailer for Call of Duty World War Two. Sledgehammer's turn at the wheel. Um, you know, it's looks like your standard World War Two fare. You know, uh, looks good, looks clean. If you like Call of Duty, you know, you're going to like this game, I think. Um, the story's got, like, a Band of Brothers kind of vibe uh, that I think will probably serve it well. So, uh, November 3rd, if that's your bag, check it out. Uh, so, next up, we got a big old block of PSVR announcements. Uh, we got a trailer for Skyrim VR. We uh, got a um, another trailer for a game called Star Child, which is like kind of a colorful sci-fi world. It looks like a platformer, which is super weird. It's one of two or three games that I saw, and I was just like, how is this a VR game? Like, what about this is VR? Um, so I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, whatever, I guess, if they want to show us that. Um, then we heard about The Impatient, which is a game from Supermassive Games, Um it's a like a dark psychological vibe to it. There's like doo-wop jazz playing while you're like trapped <laughs> in this asylum. Uh, so it looks pretty cool, I guess. That's I think those kinds of games are definitely the VR experiences that seem more interesting to me. Like something that is like a little more like story driven and horror. Uh, horror seems to work really well in VR, so might be cool. Uh, Supermassive is a great developer, so um, that might be one to keep out uh, keep an eye out for. The in inpatient. Um, and then we got the most exciting VR announcement of the show. Final Fantasy 15 VR fishing. Yeah. Hey man, don't badmouth the VR fishing. No, oh, fuck that shit, man. Like you're so uh anti fishing <laughs> games. I... Fishing in video games <laughs> fucking sucks. Like you take all the fun parts of fishing, drinking beer, hanging out with people that you enjoy, nature, fresh air, quiet all those things taking them out and you just leave the mechanical aspect of fishing which is sitting and waiting and then pressing a button hey so fun hey quiet's still there in the metal gear solid 5 fishing hey (laughs) i know i was waiting for it oh god Uh, all right, so then we got uh, oh, wait, another see, game from... Before we move on, is it oh, literally just uh, a VR expansion for only fishing? There's, like, nothing else? Yes. Yeah, it's called Monster of the Deep, and it looks like you just, like, fish for big monster fish, okay. like, in that one side mission. Awesome. 
And I, I don't even know that the original Final Fantasy XV VR DLC that they announced ever actually came out. Oh, you pronto, pronto, yeah. I don't even know if that ever came out, so I don't know what the fuck's up well, with this. Well, they abandoned but... it for better things, like fishing, too. Thank God, yeah. Who would want to shoot guns when you could fish? Clearly Japanese people. Uh, we don't understand anyways, <laughs> You just don't understand Japanese culture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, next up we got another game from Supermassive uh, called Bravo Team. It looks like it's a cover-based military FPS, which would be less interesting if it wasn't in VR. Um, so, I mean, again, if you're a VR person, it looks like something to uh, keep an eye out for. And then this was a really cool game. This is a game I definitely am interested in playing. Uh, it's called Moss. And, uh, oh, that was a mouse Poly- right? Yeah, it's by Polyarch. It's like you play this cute little mouse... Uh, it looks like it's like Mouse Guard or something, you know, like he has like a gauntlet and a sword and like this cute little like Nathan Drake scarf and a backpack. And I don't know, like it looks like he's kind of just going on this big like storybook adventure through like a forest or whatever. And it just looks cute. Um, I don't get why it's a VR game because it looks like a third person action game and it would probably sell better if it wasn't a VR game. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm going to keep an eye out for this one for sure. Uh, so then we got a big, uh, big reveal trailer. Again, I keep calling them reveals and none of these games are being revealed. Uh, another big trailer for, uh, God of War, which looks like it might actually just be called God of War, which is cool. Um, it, you know, we intro Kratos is in a little boat with his son. Um, his son makes, like, he makes a comment about being cursed and he says, quote, you think I'm weak because I'm not like you. At least I know the truth now. So I don't know. It looks like there's some big story, like big secret around this kid and Kratos's relationship to him. And um, that's going to be interesting to, to try to dig out. Um, so like they get caught in this big storm and then we transition to them on this big snowy mountain. They're getting stalked by this like giant wolf monster. Lots of talk about the gods, about how Kratos and his son are outsiders in this land. They don't belong here. The gods don't take kindly to them, kind of trying to set up shop here. Uh, we saw some more combat, which looks awesome, of course. Uh, we saw some new weapons, like this like badass expanding shield that Kratos has. But the axe that we've seen a couple times still seems to be kind of your primary weapon, your bread and butter. Um, we saw some climbing segments that seemed reminiscent of like uh, Uncharted or Horizon, where you got the kid on your back. We saw a small segment where the son was being played as the main character. And uh, and then the conclusion, which is cool if you're a fan of, of North, Norse mythology, was um, Kratos and his son meet the world serpent from, uh, from you know, Asgardian lore. And uh, he tells them that he wants to help them out. So I don't know what that means exactly, but it seems pretty cool. They gonna kill that serpent. I Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. That's Kratos' bag, is kill gods. So, um, And uh, we got a release window for early 2018 on this guy. So uh, I'm definitely excited for this one. You know, I don't really, I've never played a God of War game, but this looks a lot different. You really haven't played a God of War game? No. Wow. Damn. Oh, wow. That's like, I really thought you had at least played two of them. No, yeah, it's a big gap for me in terms of Sony stuff. Like, it came out at the very end of the PS2's life cycle, and I played God of War 1 sporadically. Like, you know, um, a friend of mine, uh, Alex, who's a friend of the show, uh, he had it, and when, you know, you're in high school and you hang out with people, like, for days and days on end kind of thing, 
he used to play it a lot, and I jumped in and fooled around with it. I liked the way it played, but I always couldn't get into the story of it. Like, I, I didn't like Kratos as a character. It seemed, like, very aimed at, like, 13-year-old boys and hyper-masculine power fantasies, and, like, that's just never been my thing. Um, and, like, the, like, weird, like, sex scene and stuff and all that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah. It was just, just super cheesy and, like, you know, I don't know, I'm not into that. And this seems like it's got an emotional through line. It looks like Kratos has grown up a little bit. It looks like he, you know, he just seems like an actual character that there might be things to say with, as opposed to, you know, a, a over-muscled power avatar for me. Yeah. And I just could never get into that, even though I liked the gameplay. Okay. Fair. Well, I'm really excited for this. Uh, it looks fucking incredible. I love most mythology in particular. Uh, I like seeing the World Serpent. Uh, I'm pretty sure the reason he's saying that they're not welcome here is because the North Pan- North Pantheon isn't a fan of the Greek people. You know, I don't think he's still the god of war, so I don't know if he's like considered a god or a demigod anymore, but who knows? I'm just excited to see this stuff. Yeah. I'm also I'm also pretty excited for this. I'm ready to jump back into God of War and, and that world. Uh, I like the fact that they seem to have evolved Kratos. So yeah, I I'm looking forward to this big time. I never had any real relation with the God of War series, but this game looks cool. Uh, it's not something that I'm gonna buy at launch, but maybe I'll pick it up used. Yeah, I uh, I definitely I definitely see it as being a game like that for me if it doesn't motivate me to pick it up right away. Because at the very least, it looks like the combat's going to be really fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, if they can at least give me a story that doesn't make me roll my eyes at <laughs> it, I'll, you know, I'll play through it for that alone if it's good. Um, okay, so next up is um, another, you know, Sony first party that we've been kind of waiting on for a long time, which is Detroit Become Human. We got a look at uh, two new characters. Um, the one that you're playing is a, a young black robot named Marcus, uh, who's with a, another young uh, woman robot named North. And um, they look like they're kind of the leaders or trying to start this liberation movement for the robots. Uh, they use a lot of language that makes it seem that way. They call they call the other mechs, or I forget what they're called, the other androids. Android. Uh, our, they're androids, okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, they, they call them our people. They say, like, this is what our people are to them, you know, a commodity to be bought and sold kind of language. Um, we saw some more divergent action sequences and scenes. Um, so we we saw this kind of thing. They're breaking into a store where these robots are sold, and they're trying to free them. And uh, there's a few different juncture points of where your characters can either, you know... Um, get scared off by the police or they make a mistake and you know alarms go off and they bail out but uh they also showed if you do free all the robots marcus gives a speech to them about freedom and about being their own masters and um seems like they're you know kind of starting their own militia here you know and uh to quote unquote lead the uh android revolution so uh one of the big things the game asks is like are you going to choose violence or pacifism you know are you going to you know, riot and choose violent means, or are you going to try to, you know, um, you know, be peaceful and 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 gain your rights that way? I suppose. Um, we saw like a ton of destruction play out in some of these other these other entries, and uh, it definitely looks like your actions are going to have a pretty big impact on the world. Man, I would love it if I could see any way for a David Cage game to be good. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> have you have you ever even played any of them? Yeah. 
I played, uh, what was the Ellen Page one? Uh, Beyond Two Souls? Yes. So the only, the only bad one. That's literally the only one that's been negatively received. <laughs> you, you never played Indigo Prophecy. That was great. Or Heavy Rain? That was amazing. Oh, I also played popular. Heavy Rain. I forgot that was him. Didn't like it. Oh, okay. okay. Everyone has their opinion, even if they're wrong. I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say <laughs> well, no, it's like I feel like I'm surrounded by people who just like don't like David Cage. I mean, at least at least Andy's tried the games before yes, he said that. Yes, that's true. Yes, I'll give Andy <laughs> pat on the back for this game. Oh, I got backpacks! Yay! Yay! <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited for this game. I also haven't played any of David Cage's games. I own Heavy Rain. Um, I got it for like ten bucks, and have just been kind of waiting to go back for the right time when I have a block of time for a story game like that. Um, but I don't know. This looks really cool. It's a very interesting narrative to me at the very least. And I really like story driven games that are about branching narratives and having an impact on, on how things play out. Like that's right. In, that's my wheelhouse. So, um, I'm definitely interested in this one, uh, but no date on it. So I don't know what the fuck that's about. I'm using a lot of the Sony games. Probably because they don't want to push them back. <laughs> a lot of these games, they're just like, Hey, remember the PS4 Pro? It'll be on that. And like, there's no date. So if you bought a pro, you're probably shit out of luck for the things you wanted. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sean, what about what about you on this one? What do you think? Heavy Rain is a game that I own that is in a wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> on the list. <laughs> Classic Sean. I uh, probably won't be adding this to that list of unwrapped games because I probably won't buy it. Um, all right, so then we got uh, we got some stuff about Destiny 2, but there are much better sources for Destiny news, so go seek one of them out if you care about Destiny. We don't play Destiny. We don't like Destiny. Sorry. Uh, September 6th. Uh, oh, and exclusive stuff is coming to PlayStation. So, so much PlayStation exclusive player. stuff. Yeah, sh- exclusive gear, exclusive strike, exclusive ship, weapons, PvP map. Uh, so tons of exclusive PlayStation stuff. Like, so. exclusive PlayStation stuff. To the point where people on the Xbox subreddit are like, so we're done with Bungie, right? Yeah, I mean, Bungie is like all but giving the middle finger to Xbox, so I, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, then uh, Sean Layden came out to kind of wrap up the show again, and uh, we got the final announcement, which was a nice big chunk of Spider-Man gameplay. Uh, so we saw a, uh, little story mission where Spidey is, uh, infiltrating a, um, a holding that's owned by, uh, Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin. Um, he's kind of going in and, and trying to deal with this other group of, of thieves who are attacking Fisk's stuff and trying to take some of his holdings or whatever. Um, and, uh, I mean, this looks fucking amazing, dude. Like, as a Spider-Man fan... I am so all in on this, man. Like, this looks like the Spider-Man game I've been waiting for my whole fucking life. Uh, the suit looks great. I really love the way the eyes are very expressive. Uh, a lot of people are not a fan of the new color scheme for the suit, but I like it. Um, they showed that, like, stealth is an option. You can sneak around. You can use girders and, like, be above people and take them out silently. It has a very, very Arkham vibe, which I think is a good thing. Um, we saw a ton of different web abilities, like being able to, you know, hang people from a ceiling or like it's some environmental interaction with like throwing, um, you know, like at one point they're on the top of a, of, of the tower and there was like a loose girder and Spider-Man was able to pull it and like knock a bunch of people out with it and stuff. Um, uh, throwing barrels and things like that, which is stuff we've seen before, but it looks very, very fluid. You know, I didn't get that 
feeling of like i'm in a game and anything i can interact is 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 highlighted and whatever like it just looks very seamless the way you're transitioning between these moments of like combat to cutscene to um uh quick time event you know like it, it seems like it's very well well put together very polished and um i think the cutscenes look good i like the voice actor they have for peter um the fights just look awesome the animations are like unreal like i'm almost concerned that a lot of this is like cutscenes or like quick time events because it looks so good um but that doesn't seem to be the case uh and then you know we saw this like big crazy like superhero set piece where spider-man connects a crate to a helicopter to try and make it stop it from um from taking off and getting away but they just pull the crate through new york and it's crashing in all these buildings and fucking up all this stuff creating all this collateral damage uh and then there was like this big you know kind of like mission moment where you're on the helicopter and trying to stop it and connect it to other buildings and stuff and it just was so fucking cinematic man it it gave me like serious like uncharted meets spider-man vibes and i was i don't know i found it to be fucking enthralling um i'm upset that it's not coming out till 2018 but i am glad that we at least got that as a window and that it's not like a 2019 game because it looks like it's pretty far along you know, I mean, uh, this is, I'm sure, a vertical slice, but what we saw looks really good. I, I think it really nailed the aesthetic of what it is to be like Spider-Man. Like, the way he moves and, like, the way he fights is just, like, the little things, you know? Like, the way he runs across the buildings, you know? Um, it just looks so much like the poses and things from comic book panels that, like, you don't even need to be, like, a fan of the series to really appreciate, like, how much work has gone into, like, this game. It looks, like, it, it looks so so seamless, you know, like, I mean, it was like, it looked like it was all one big cutscene, but, you know, there's play in between there, and it was so hard to tell, like, absolutely, and dude, like, that portion where you were inside the building while it was, like, collapsing and shit, yeah. with all the explosions and the fire and everything, like, that looked fucking incredible, I know. and that was just one little scene, so I can't wait to see what else they got. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm obviously looking forward to this big time as well. And I, this trailer didn't disappoint. Um, it's got everything you want to see from a Spider-Man game, I think, in 2017. And, you know, there, there have been a lot of comparisons made between this and Arkham Asylum. I think that the Spider-Man games, you know, the, the, the ones from the PS2 era, they kind of created that type of gameplay. And I think Arkham perfected it, but yeah. Spider-Man games have always been like so I don't really understand where that criticism is coming from. I guess people just forget uh, what those games were actually like. At any rate, I think that uh, this game this game looks awesome. Um, I love the the look of the costume, like you said, Pete. Um, Mister Negative as a villain in the game is pretty cool. It's an interesting choice, just because he's a newer villain, and you kind of expect that they would go with some of the classic villains. What I'm questioning is. Uh, so, so far, the only villains we've seen are Mr. Negative and, and Kingpin, but all of the bad guys we've seen in terms of the, the goons that you fight are Mr. Negatives. So I'm wondering if they've only been showing us one portion of the game, or if Mr. Neg- Negative is the villain who drives the narrative of the entire game. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I was wondering the same thing. And I, I, it could really be either way, probably. I mean, like, usually they do pick one big central villain, and it seems like, you know, this definitely seemed like a story mission, but it could easily just be that he's, like, part of the puzzle, or that, like, maybe a portion of the game you're dealing with him, or maybe you deal with multiple villains. Like, who fucking knows? 
Yeah, and if in the event that it is just a situation where they're kind of playing it close to the chest, I'm really happy with that because I would love to go into this game and be surprised by the cast of villains that they've chosen. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I really hope that the more we see of this game over the next year, which is inevitable, um, and we'll probably even see it at E3 again next year, uh, I hope that they just keep it tight. You know, I hope they keep it on fairly good lock that we just see more of what we've already seen or stuff that's not story related, you know? Right. Um, I, I want to go into this as blind as possible. So yeah, Andy, any thoughts on this one? Spider-Man looks awesome. I, like, cannot wait to see this game or to get my hands on this game is a, a better way to phrase it. The animations look fluid and just, as the kids say, it looks on fleek. The, like, the quick time events in that, like, long chasing the cargo container, I guess is the word for it, sequence. Yeah, right. Looked really cool. To go back to what Thompson said, I really do think that it captures what Spider-Man looks like, you know? It's got the visual language of the way he moves and the way he fights. It's got the tone of, like, Peter shows up and shit talks. The suit looks great. I... Really can't wait to see what it's got in store. I am just so excited by the idea of moving into an era where we get good superhero games made by good developers and not farted out by, like, THQ. <laughs> you know? Like, fucking A, man. Like, it's been so long since the first Arkham game came out, and the fact that it's taken us this long to get another game like this with another superhero is, like, crazy, but, like, it seems like it's going to be worth the wait for this one. I think you're right about that. So uh, I thought this was a fantastic way to end the show. I think we would all agree there. Um, I do wish that more of the games that they had talked about had dates or like felt more imminent. But I am excited about the vast majority of what we saw here. So I definitely think they did a stronger job than Xbox, but I think neither of them were up to the level that they, they established last year. Yeah, um, for me, it's ebbs and flows. You know, you're not always going to be able to come out and crush it with huge announcements sometimes you just don't have them and uh i think this was one of those years where they didn't really have them uh despite that they did a good job of presenting what they did have i'm not into vr at all so that whole portion is irrelevant to me uh and i'm not sold on vr as a thing but i guess there are people who are yeah, they, they got to speak to that market, yeah. you know? They can't put out a VR headset and then the next year not, ha you know? Yeah. Like they have to support it. And it was a success for them, you know? Like, it's definitely a small market, but people bought it, and there are people who are engaging with it on a daily basis, so... Yeah, um, so uh, I, I, you know, hats off. I think they did a solid job uh, based on what they had. Was it the most exciting Sony press conference ever? Absolutely not, but you can only judge by what they had to work with, and I agree. Any other closing thoughts before we move on to Nintendo? Thought it was good. Don't really care about VR that much, but the game's really solid, and Sony always manages to keep me interested in something, so they're doing their job. Yeah, man, I know I've heard them talk about their strategy for show floors, for showings like this before, and they always say that they, when they craft a show, they want to have three announcements for everyone. They want you to walk away with at least three announcements that you're excited about. And I, I think they accomplished that much at the very they least. They did that for sure, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so moving over to the Nintendo Direct notes. Um, so we open it up with a little cinematic sizzle of millennials playing Switch, which seems to be, you know, that's Nintendo's marketing strategy with this, yep. is find some hip young kids and video them playing Switch. Uh, but we got uh, teases for ARMS, Rocket League, which real exciting. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Pac and DX, FIFA 18 on the Switch, and Splatoon 2. Um, Reggie made his return to the uh, to the E3 stage floor, which was awesome because I'm a huge Reggie fan, and um, they've definitely not been uh, not been using him as much lately. Uh, his voiceover was very strange. I thought it was like a little creepy and kind of intense. <laughs> like, I thought the same thing. <laughs> it was like it felt like very like, am I being indoctrinated into a religious cult right yeah, now? Yeah, he sounded like he was at gunpoint for part of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but uh, I, you know, personally, like I will drink that Nintendo Kool Aid all day. So they want to Jonestown me with the Switch. I'm, I'm in on it. That's fair. <laughs> so uh, um, the first game that we actually saw was Xenogears Chronicles Two again, um, which I don't, I don't really have anything to say about this. It, you know, it seems like more Xenogears. I know Andy has played the original, so I'll let him talk about. Uh, it. yeah, the original Xenoblade is great. This one looks like it has very little to do with it outside of just being a spiritual successor. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Uh, the first one's a complete game, and doesn't need like new story content. Sure. Yeah. So just pick it up in that same universe and do something new. Yep. That's cool. Um, I think my one takeaway from it was, like, the the main female character made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, I get that. I, like, I thought the voice acting was kind of bad in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of games that are originally Japanese and then get ported, though. So, I feel like a lot of Eastern games end up having kind of weird voice acting. Um, so I remember you and I both played... Uh, at least portions of um, Bravely Default in Japanese with subtitles because the voice acting was better. Yes. Same thing. Um, so, you know, uh, if you're a Xenoblade fan, keep an eye out. Uh, Andy, you think, it, you think it looks good or you think it's a game you're going to play? Uh, possibly. Depends on the timing of it and if I have time for a game of that magnitude in my life. That's a great point. Um, yeah, it's another the big, meaty JRPG game. Yep. So. Uh, so the next announcement I am so excited to talk about with Thompson, uh, which is there is a new 2D Kirby game coming out. Woo! Kirby! And it looks it looks so cute! I can't wait! It doesn't look just cute, it looks amazing. It looks tight. It looks like uh, everything I loved about the, the Game Boy ones, you know, everything I loved about the, the yeah. NES one that we played. Uh, I don't remember the names for a lot of these, um, but I just every Kirby game, except for Nightmare and Dreamland, I've played, so... It looks more like more of the same. Nothing wrong with that. But they also have a lot of new cool things. Fucking excited. You should legitimately download an emulator and play Nightmare in Dreamland because I yeah, know you yeah, love Kirby. You said that. And that's the best Kirby game for my money. So this game, in a lot of ways, looks like a spiritual successor to um, the N64 Kirby game, uh, The Crystal Shards, yeah. which was really well received. A lot of people love that game, especially in our age bracket. Um, just because it's it's definitely a 2D Kirby game, but you have, like, full, gorgeous 3D graphics. Um, instead of being able to, like, combine abilities, though, it looks like you can tame enemies. Um, I saw, like, ability where Kirby was, like, 
getting an enemy to fight on his side, which is a thing I think we've seen in one or two of the more recent like 3DS or DS entries that I missed out on. Um, but interestingly, the game is seemingly just called Kirby. Like, they just threw out the title. It was just Kirby in the Kirby font and then 2018. So I don't know if maybe this game's going to get an updated name eventually, but I would be so into it if it was just called Kirby. And it's like, yep, Kirby game, classic, return to form, let's do this shit, Kirby. Yeah, um, it, it, it just it just looks fucking amazing. Like, just everything about it, the aesthetic, the artwork, you know, like, I love Kirby games. Please, you know, I would, I would just get this in a heartbeat if I had a Switch. Yeah, Thompson and I are both huge Kirby fans, and, like, the games are easy, they're simple, and, like, that's definitely part of their charm, I think. Like, they're just fun. Yeah. Like, they're um, aesthetically very pleasing. The music is good. When we when we did uh, the one Let's Play of Kirby, um, which one? Did... I think it was I think it was just Dreamland. Just Dreamland, right? The, the yeah. Dreamland. I mean, like, the only yeah. thing that, like, I kept saying during that was just, like, man, this game is just fun, you know? Like, it looks it's fun. Like, it's the simple fact that games are supposed to be fun, you know? Like, things might be challenging and all that, but, like, Kirby just hits that note where, like, you just have fun. It's just... It's just enjoyable. So, uh, what did you guys think about this? Yeah, so I, I really like Kirby. Uh, the character, I've not played any Kirby game ever. Really? Yeah. Oh, Sean, you gotta go back and play one of those they're, if you're going back and doing it. They're short and sweet, man. They're... Yeah, you could beat them in like a day. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably do that. Uh, I'm, I've just always loved Kirby from Smash Brothers. Uh, so, this game, this game looks really, really, really fun. Uh, and uh, I think that's all it really needs to sell anyone on is just that it's going to be an enjoyable experience. Graphically, it looks awesome. Um, and I, I, this is the kind of game that if I did on a Switch, I would absolutely. What I think is good about a game like this, too, is I don't think this is a game that sells Switches. But I think this is a game that for people like you and Thompson, who are both on the fence and being like, well, you know, I need this game or I need that game. But these are all these little announcements where you're like, once once that big announcement comes, you're going to be like, well, I mean, I could also play Kirby. Yeah. And I could go back and play yeah, Zelda. I agree. I could go play Mario Kart. And it's like, they are really setting the Switch up to have a fucking attractive library in these first two years, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate the, the nod to Kirby because, you know, you're always going to get a Mario game. Um, And it's been a while since we had a Kirby game like this on a console. It's been since the N64. Exactly, yes really cool to see those those two uh you know those two worlds coming together in this way um speaking of which uh we got a it was weird like they mentioned the pokemon direct and it was like a post nod at that and um so they talked about pocket again they confirmed vocally that two players can play on one screen split screen and then they said that there would be more to see on the e3 show floor and then uh in the nintendo treehouse which um you know, I don't know if any of you listening have caught this, but there are a ton of other E3 announcements that have come out besides these press conferences that we will be discussing next week in our E3 post-show on the show proper. Um, so if there are more updates on that, keep posted for those. But um, the big news here was that they talked to um, Game Freak and got the confirmation that a new core, and this is a direct quote, new core RPG entry in the Pokemon series would be released on Nintendo Switch. But that may be more than a year away before they have anything to actually talk about. Um, so this was interesting. I think this is a thing that they should have said in the Pokemon Direct, and I feel like they only said this because of the huge outrage that people had that we didn't get a Pokemon Stars announcement. Um, so, you know, obviously this is 
there's not much to go on here, but the implication here is really cool. Because this, to me, is absolute confirmation that the Nintendo Switch is the successor to both the 3DS and the uh, the Wii U, you know? Right, I think it just seals the deal. I mean, if it wasn't announced right now, I think, um, you know, I would still be confident that it would have been the system, you know, that is going to replace both. It's just that, I think I kind of agree with you, they might have just released this information just to Because, like, all they said was, you know, hey, we're building it, and we won't really talk about it even until next year. I mean, that's... It could be even conceptual. This oh, yeah. I'm sure they're designing the Pokemon right yeah, now. Yeah, they, they probably just wanted to, you know, quell the outrage for some reason. I don't know why they feel like they needed to, but maybe they were worried that they're going to lose people on the Switch and they really want the Switch to succeed. I, I can't speak for that, but, you know, it's good to hear. It's good news. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I feel like there was a very vocal group of people that were upset with the Pokemon Direct and, you know... um Myself included, to some degree, I wasn't like outraged by it, but uh, but even by saying like we're going to talk about it more next year, they're probably just going to talk about it next year's Pokemon Direct, which like would have been a better like you know way to announce it. I think at the direct next year when they actually have something to talk about. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, I am glad that they threw this in here just because it's fun. Like it's cool to know that it's coming, and it's cool to be able to extrapolate where their head is at right. in regard to the Switch yeah. based on this. Absolutely. Because we literally we talked about this in our pre-show um that went up yesterday. Or not yesterday, two days ago now. Um where, you know, like I, I put out the opinion that I do think this is the successor to both consoles and Sean's point was like, but does Nintendo think that? And we didn't really have a firm answer before now and I feel like this does make that statement. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's a good a good announcement. I think this is the kind of thing that uh, you know we talked about what will sell what will sell a switch and what won't. This absolutely will. Uh, the only thing other than Smash Brothers that I would buy a switch for is this. So there you go. Yeah, man. I think in terms of like IP that Nintendo has that are system sellers, I would say Smash Brothers and Pokemon are are like probably tied for number one, and then. Mario and Zelda fall in line somewhere underneath that. Oh yeah. So yeah. likewise, I will probably get a Switch once this comes out. Like if I haven't already, it's like you like you said. You know, there's a lot of games coming out that they're building a big library and more and more things. I look at, I'm like, hey, that would be neat. You know, like I, I really haven't um, thought about a lot of the Nintendo products for a while because I've been out of the game since '64. Really. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was gonna say, man. I feel like every week when we talk about a new Switch announcement, you're always just like shit maybe i have to get one now maybe yeah. I, and then i remember it was like two weeks ago maybe or maybe you said it off mic to me when we were just hanging out but you were like i think i'm gonna get a switch this christmas oh yeah like, i think yeah. i'm gonna go for it this holiday season and pick up zelda get mario and be ready for for pokemon when it comes yeah, out yeah it's like uh zelda alone you know i played for five minutes and i'm sold on it and i think the switch is like uh, it's turning into what i wanted it to be you know what i mean and i'm not willing to put money ahead of something that i'm not like sure of it it's clearly becoming what I think like it could be something amazing. Yeah, like it's a thing. Like it's definitely a thing. It's not failing. Like people are real hype on it. Everyone who owns right. it loves it. And now like I actually have seen a couple of people like outside with it, you know, like I saw someone coming to the to my job with it and I was just like, piece of shit, I wanna play that. You know, like that's fucking incredible, you know, like I I would bring my three DS to work, but like now if I could bring my switch to work, that's crazy, you know, like that's a game changer. Yeah, dude. Uh, the last time I was in uh, in a city, I it was I guess I was in New York. I yeah, I guess I was in New York, and I was uh, on the subway, and I saw uh, two people 
playing Switches together, and I was just right, like, yeah, oh, it's shit. Like, we're here, fam, we're doing it! Like, people are fucking, we're buying in on this, and, like, Nintendo made a joke about yeah, that yeah. in the Direct. They were like, now that, yeah, like, now that the Switch is, like, we've proven the Switch is established, like, we're ready to, and I was like, all right! Yeah. I'm, I'm so into the Switch, man, and I just want everyone I know to have one, so that we can all play together. Because, like, God, there's so many fun co-op, like, local multiplayer stuff coming out. Um, speaking of which, uh, actually, I set up a great segue for item number seven, but I almost missed item number six, which, so I'm just gonna forget that. Uh, the, this announcement, I, I can't skip over it, I would skip over it, but it's fucking Metroid Prime 4, which was, like, arguably the biggest announcement of this entire thing. Next to Pokemon? I mean... Yeah, because like we knew another Pokemon game was coming. Okay, you know, yeah. like no matter what, even if it wa- even though we didn't have the announcement, there is eventually an, an eighth generation yeah. of Pokemon coming, and we were all of the opinion it was probably going to come on the Switch. So like, yeah, like that's really cool to get that confirmation, but them to just be like, yo, like literal ten second trailer, Metroid Prime Four logo, drop mic, walk that's off. That's it. Page. Like that was a fucking bomb drop yeah dude that was a mic drop if i ever saw one so from for every for every publisher every developer there were only two games that i came into this e3 wanting an announcement for one of them was smash we didn't get it i'm very disappointed but the other was metroid prime because uh, a couple weeks ago on the show i said i want i really wanted to get another metroid prime game uh and we're finally getting it I'm so excited for this. I really love Samus. I love Metroid. I love Metroid Prime specifically. And so I'm really happy that we're going to get to jump back into this world. I just really hope it's being made by Retro Studios again. Yeah, I, I, like, it's super weird to me because I feel like it, they didn't say who was working on it, which I don't know that that means it's not Retro, but we know Retro has another game coming for Switch. They confirmed on Treehouse yesterday it's not Retro. Oh, Damn, really? Yeah. Okay. What that a sucks. bummer. That that doesn't mean it can't be good. I love that world and I'm I'm all in. Again, this is if this game comes out before Pokemon, I will own a Switch for this game. Nice. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I people have been clamoring for this. Like we this has literally been an E3 request every year since you know, the Wii was out. So like I feel like every E3 I've been like, wonder if we're gonna get a new Metroid game. And here we are. You know, like Better late than never is is my attitude on this one, and I can't wait to see what Metroid Prime looks like on the Switch. You know, the last time we had a Metroid Prime game was on the fucking GameCube, and then we got that remastered version, but, you know, like, this is going to be a game from the ground up, made 1080p HD, like, that's going to be fucking exciting. I also think that uh, Nintendo, at least for now, seems to be making really good decisions about their first-party titles, uh, yeah. and... You know, all of these games look authentically true to the character it's based on. So, for that reason, I have little doubt that if they waited this long to give us Metroid Prime 4, that they found the right developers, the right idea, and it's the right time for this game. And I'm I'm all in on that because I trust them right now. Yeah, I agree. Literally, the only way that they could that they could scare me off is, is if they come out and say Platinum Games is making this. <laughs> no, stop that! Don't say that. Oh, they're not going to do that. 
So yeah, this is huge, and honestly, like, as much as it would be really cool to see Retro going back for Metroid Prime 4, I'm kind of excited they're not working on it, because that means that we're going to get another really cool announcement for whatever the fuck it is that they're working on. And whether that's a 2D Metroid, like I would like, or another Donkey Kong Country game, or something totally new, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, whatever Retro is making, I'm playing. I don't think they're making the 2D Metroid either. Not the one that they already announced. I mean, like, a new one. Because that's a remake. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't want them to make a remake of Metroid 2. But I mean, like, a brand new Metroid 2D game for Switch. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about that 3DS announcement uh, in our, our post-E3 show. And we'll cover all the Treehouse stuff. So, um, so moving on, we got uh, what looks to be a new Yoshi's Woolly World. Um, this was similar to the Yoshi or the Kirby announcement where they just called it Yoshi. Uh, and said it was coming out in 2018, but it has the the same art style as Yoshi's Woolly World, that, like, yarn, Yoshi aesthetic. Uh, we saw two-player co-op, um, which looks really fun, and the game looks even better on the Switch. So, I mean, um, I never got around to playing Woolly World, but I'm actually planning on picking up the 3DS port that they did of it, because I heard that that was really good, and, you know, I could use a nice little, you know, like, uh, palette cleanser platformer, so... I think I want to try to dive into that before this one comes out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the Yoshi series. I was huge into Yoshi's Island and stuff when I was younger. And uh, Yoshi Story on the N64 and stuff like that. So um, this is another game that I think is just another... Yeah, this isn't going to sell consoles, but this is a slam-dunk gap closer. Like, this is the kind of 3DS games that we used to get that were big anchor titles. And now that they're all on Switch, you know, we've got a really cool, like, lineup shaping up here. Yeah, I, uh, I really actually like that they're just naming a lot of the games like single title Yoshi and like Kirby and all that. Like they're pretty much making a statement on the Switch with that, you know, like, this is the game, you know, like this is it. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's cool because I think like to your point there, it feels very much like you couldn't get away with that when you have two SKUs and you're putting out a Yoshi game here and a Yoshi game there, or a Kirby game here. Exactly. Like yeah. it's cool yeah. to just be like, it's Yoshi. This is the next Yoshi game. So like uh to go a little further <clears throat> into like what you were uh saying before about that Pete, like I think why that's good though is because or, or um Sean rather, sorry. Um you know, I think they are confident in their developers enough to like name a game just with, like that and just say, like, you know what, like this is gonna kick ass. You know, like it's gonna be great, you know, like they're they're not gonna put out something that they're not going to be really proud of. Yeah, if that's what it feels like right now. And I like I trust them a lot. Yeah, dude, I, I think that ever since the botched announcement of the Switch that we covered back in the day at Slack and Slash, they have been on an upward trajectory of just like, yeah, no, we're doing the right things, we're we're listening to you, we're here to regain your faith and make you believe in Nintendo again, and, like, I'm a fucking believer in a way I haven't been in a while. Yeah, you know, they, they've done just, like, an incredible job of goodwill and, and all, like, not, not that they even didn't have that to start, because people are always pretty lenient on Nintendo, I think. But. yeah. Um, you know, they've just done an incredible job to make me, like, believe in their vision, which is more than, like, other companies did this year. Like, they may have had good games, but, like, as a company, I'm not like, man, I really trust EA, or, like, you know, I, you know what I mean? Like, you don't say that, you know, like, you're not going to trust them, but, like, Nintendo, you're like, yeah, those are, those are good guys, you know, they do some good things for us, you know, they, they respect your money, is what I think it comes down to, and they're showing that they do more and more, and I, like, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, it just feels like they're finally listening to the very vocal American 
like millennial fan base that gives a shit about Nintendo. And like, there's nothing wrong with marketing to kids. Like Nintendo is many kids first exposure to video games. I think that's a good thing. Um, but there are people like us who are in their 20s and 30s and even 40s who have grown up with Nintendo, care about their IP, care about them as a company. And I think you're right. People do give Nintendo a pass, I think, because they love Nintendo and we have history with Nintendo. But I feel like this is the first time in a long time where I feel confident based on their business moves, not because I care about their IP. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, literally since the GameCube, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I lost. I, I had a GameCube, but I don't really. I had like four games for it, you know, Metroid, Smash, uh, that Star Wars game that came out. I, I can't remember. I think I had Resident Evil, you know, that was about it. Oh yeah, I, I got like Resident Evil Four, obviously, but that that was it, you know. That was where I trailed off Nintendo, and I'm glad to like see stuff that really makes me want to go back. Yeah, yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, okay, so moving right along, this is, uh, an Andy-centric announcement. We got uh, another trailer for Fire Emblem Warriors. It's coming out on, uh, fall 2017. So, what do you think about this one, bud? Um, it was there, and it happened. I'm, like, tentatively excited about this game, but I'm not going more than tentatively excited, if that makes sense. I get that. It's a, it's, it's yeah. a muso, like, it's you like, know. It's cool to have the Fire Emblem characters. I wish they were putting some of the older ones in, but like Awakening. And I'm Fate sure there'll fine. be DLC like they did with uh, with the Legend of Zelda. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, I would prefer these characters be DLC, even though they were That's never fair. gonna be. And like, some of the voice acting was really bad in this trailer. Again, to go back to us talking about voice yeah. acting five minutes ago, that was, I think, the weak point of Nintendo's, like, whole conference for me, was the voice acting in their import trailers were not good. Um, so then we got a, uh, a reminder that Zelda items are going to be available in Skyrim on the Switch uh, from Enuma himself, uh, and then he set up uh, a conversation about the DLC packs that are coming for Breath of the Wild. We've talked about these on the show before, but we actually finally got, like, a vision of what they look like, so we saw some of the stuff from Trial of the Sword, uh, the Hero's Path mode, new armor coming from previous games, like the Tingle costume or the Majora's Mask. Um, there's a, a new master mode, which is just kind of like, uh, increased difficulty. Uh, it looks great. You know, it's more Zelda I'm in. You know, uh, this is going to be coming out right about the time that I think I'm going to be diving back into Zelda as like my main game to play. So, um, I'll, I'm almost definitely going to pick it up. Um, it looks, it looks pretty cool. And then we got, uh, a view at the second group of DLC called the Champions Ballad. But by a look at it, I mean, they showed us pictures of the four champions from the game and then gave us the name. So I don't really know what that's about. I don't know if it's a prequel or if, you know, um, you know, or if this is like a throwback to, you know, like, um, like the past or whatever, like the previous fight with Ganon or whatever, who knows. But, um, the first batch is coming on June 30th. Second batch is coming on holiday 2017. So we'll have them all both out by the end of the year. And then we also got to look at um, some new champion amiibos that are coming. And they look fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah. The champion amiibos look great. I hope it's the last fight with Ganon. Because, like, that was interesting. And I thought, like, through a lot of Breath of the Wild, I thought, oh, that's the story I want to be playing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that that's what it is, but we don't really know. I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the months to come. 
All right, so then we got a reminder for the Nintendo tournaments that are taking place this week uh, for Splatoon 2, Pockin, and ARMS. We got a little bit more of Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, and they, I think that we already said earlier it was coming out on August 29th, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't remember if they said that at the Ubi conference or if they saved that for here. Um, and then we got Rocket League uh, announcement, which is really exciting. I, I mean, like, Rocket League is a fantastic game. I can't wait to have it on the go. Um, I think it's going to be way, way more at home on a handheld system. I could definitely see Rocket League being a game that I picked up, you know, for like a match or two at a time in bed or whatever. And uh, that's awesome. You know, I think this is definitely a good move for them. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of exclusive Nintendo con content. Like they showed off um, like Mario hats for the cars. There's going to be cars that are only on the Switch version and stuff. So probably like Mario Kart stuff or maybe some F-Zero content. Who knows? Uh, they confirmed that crossplay is going to be available, so you'll be able to play with people on other consoles as well, and uh, confirmed it's coming by holiday 2017, so that's one to look out for this fall. And then finally, Nintendo closed out the show with another trailer from Mario Odyssey, which I think this game looks fucking great. I know a lot of people are uh, weird, weirded out by some of the stuff that we're seeing, and some of the, like, outside of the Mario comfort zone stuff that we've been shown, but, like, I don't care. Every 3D Mario game has been good. Um, literally every one. Sunshine is the weakest one, and I still think it's a, a great game. So I have every reason to think this is going to be good. And uh, so we, we saw, like, Mario in some new outfits. Like, he uh, had a sombrero in the Spanish level. We saw him and Bowser in, like, formal wear and looked like maybe he's crashing a wedding or something. Uh, we saw the American Mario, which um, is an alternate costume in Smash and has been seen a couple times over the years. But he's going to be taking place in one of the levels as well, which is fucking awesome. Uh, there was this really cool 2D callback where it looked like it was like a Link Between Worlds kind of vibe where Mario was set in 2D and like in the wall in the NES style doing some 2D platforming. Uh, but then the big thing here was seeing that Mario can seemingly take over enemies or NPCs using his hat. So we saw uh, Mario take over a frog, a dinosaur, a Goomba, you know, uh, one of the, like, photorealistic, creepy-looking humans and stuff. Um, so, like... Oh, even one of the Bullet Bill. Yeah, Bullet Bill, like, tons of stuff, tons yep. of stuff. He took over a Goomba and made a stack, too. I think that yeah, was that, the coolest yeah. part. Yeah, right, right, yeah. He jumped on the top of a Goomba stack. And, like, just jumped on the top of a Goomba stack, sucked them um, all up. And then I thought the coolest thing was T-Rex Mario. I'm really excited for that, personally. But, uh, so yeah, 1027 is the release date. I I can't fucking wait. I think this was an excellent way to end the conference. This game looks great. I'm sure it will be good. Um, and, you know, it's just more of what I wanted to see. I can't wait for this fucking game, frankly. So, like you said before, a lot of people are weirded out with this game, and I think that's just like change is scary. You know, I don't, I don't think like you should worry about a Mario title really. I don't think they're ever bad. Yeah, like the worst. I think the worst reviewed Mario game is Sunshine, and it's still like an eight eight five kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So again, like going back to everything we've been saying, like I, I trust their vision right now, and like just seeing all this weird shit like taking over enemies is cool, like dinosaurs and stuff. Like I. Uh, I am down with it, you know, and like honestly, this is the first Mario game that like I've actually been interested in. Like I, I kind of like you know I played sixty four. To me, that was like the best Mario game ever. And like I didn't play the other ones, but the gameplay didn't draw me in. That's why I didn't play them. And this one does. Like I don't know if it's just because it's on the Switch and it looks beautiful, but I guess the mechanics look really fresh and innovative. You know, it's not just more 
Uh, like the the water pack in that one game, I, was that Sunshine? Yeah, that was Sunshine. Yeah, like that didn't draw me in, you know. And like Galaxy just was like, I don't, I don't know, I didn't feel that one either for some reason. But this one really draws me in, and I'm again, I'm excited for another title on the Switch that I'm just like, you know, Nintendo's really like doing, I think, a very good job of making the the IPs that like we know, um, like still feel like the IPs we know, but also like innovate on them in ways that just really make it feel at home on their yeah dude and I, I feel like this is the perfect time for a 3d mario game we've been waiting for this game for a long time but i think if it if it had come out on the wii u it wouldn't have saved the wii u and it would have just languished there whereas now it's coming out you know and this is something we talked about during the switches like reveal and launch and stuff but andy made the point that like it's actually probably the perfect time for it it's going to be a huge fall game and they have a whole year by that point almost of goodwill built up on the Switch. You know, of people right. talking about how much they love the Switch, how much they love Zelda, how much fun they're having with Mario Kart. And I feel like this is the perfect time for this to come out and really, like, get more butts in the chairs while people are so high on Nintendo, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, like, it really does feel like a better strategy than having a launch title. Like, I don't know if that would have worked as well. I think having it. Having Zelda come out first and almost being like, you know, this is the fucking game. People are really into it. But then, like, holding back Mario? Yeah. Like, oh no, this is the fucking game. Yeah, it's it's such a nice little, like, you know, tease for people, almost, like, because it's going to come out at a point where it's going to have competition, and if it can succeed in that zone, we will see the Switch, like, probably have a, more of a rise. If it can if it can hold its own, which it probably will. I mean, come on, it's fucking Mario. Exactly. Game. So what do you, you guys think? I haven't played a 3D Mario game that I really cared about. Uh, I played Galaxy, <clears throat> and it just didn't do it for me. I, I tried, um, huh. just didn't. I didn't care about it. Um, so I, I anticipate a similar feeling about this game. I think it looks good. I think that it does everything that a game like this should do, um, in terms of the way it looks. But uh, I don't know. Something about 3D Mario just doesn't. Doesn't get me. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that's a, that's really surprising. I think Mario Odyssey looks great. Uh, I really, really liked the music in the trailer. Oh, oh that that song they had for uh, One Up Girl, or whatever. That was that was a great song. Yeah, yes, it was. Um, I really was into the music. Um, in the same vein, though, there was just so much, and we didn't really see very much of any one thing. Where, like, I would have liked to see more specific looks than these quick shots of Mario taking over a thing, Mario taking over a thing. I, I don't know, man. For, like, the sake of this conversation, I agree with you, but in terms of, like, me as a fan, I kind of am glad they didn't show me more because I'm, like, looking forward to it being a surprise, you know? That's fair. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm actually, like, usually one for seeing more specifics about a game, like, something like this, but, like, because it's far enough away that like I have plenty of time to learn about it and I still don't have the switch like I'm I'm into the idea of it like being a, a nice like gem to find either like when I finally pick one up or if I haven't and I'm just like man and that Odyssey game is actually just really really fucking good and like something that I wasn't expecting you know because like there's other things that I I really do want for the switch but like if this turns out you know over the, the next few months to really get me hyped then that'd be great it would be a nice like like a nice find almost because it's not something on my radar usually. So I prefer to keep it down low. Sure. That's fair. But yeah, so I guess just to wrap up this the these thoughts on Nintendo before we close out the episode, uh, 
I thought this was a really strong showing from Nintendo. I think their E3 offerings over the last few years have been lackluster at best. Um, they were clearly kind of just treading water until they could kill the fucking Wii U. And, uh, yeah. like, this was not that. <laughs> you know, like, the the pace was good. It was... I, I really liked the direct format for them. I thought it was... It was only a half hour, which was perfect. It was super tight, and it was full of announcements that I was legitimately excited about. We got announcements of two new games that I didn't know were coming. Um, you know, announcements of stuff that they're going to be porting that I'm excited to play here. And then more information about Mario, which is, you know, obviously the thing that I'm the most interested in for the rest of this year from them. So I, I thought they did a great fucking job. I thought they were firing on all cylinders. I didn't really even think there was a weak moment in the conference. I, uh, for me, for my money, I think they definitely won the week. I think they had the, the strongest showing overall, for sure. I also think they won the week. I think that Nintendo, I mean, again, you know, we've talked about it. They've been doing a phenomenal job of late, and people are taking notice, and this was just more of the same. The latest in a long line of successes. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go as far as long line of successes. The latest in a medium length <laughs> line. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's really nothing to criticize, in my opinion, as far as what they've done or what they did with E3. Um, I, I love all the games that they announced. It's, it's diverse, but it's still, I would say, first party focused, which is one of the things that I've had criticisms, uh, that I've lobbied criticism their way for over the years. It's just not giving us enough first-party stuff and not giving us core experiences with those first-party characters. I really don't care about seeing a character that I love in a way that doesn't feel familiar. I want to play a, you know, for example, a Kirby game that just feels like Kirby, you know, uh, whatever that means, you know, and um, so they're giving us that now, and that's great. So hats off to Nintendo. I definitely think they want E3. I, I think they're definitely, like, taking the reins on a lot of things that they're not used to taking the reins on. Like, the E3 conferences have been pretty, like, just, like, off, you know, in the last few years. And it's strange that, like, I, I find myself really enjoying this one. Like, I didn't expect to enjoy this one. I was thinking, like, oh, it's the last one, and, and you know, I'm just going to, like, watch it. It's a half hour, probably, or 45. And I probably wasn't going to get much out of it, because it's usually just it's okay, you know? Yeah. But, surprisingly really well done awesome to the point you know like just it was great you know and um barring the developer digital one like this is number one you know because that one wasn't really about games that's just like i think that was a better conference. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah dude i think uh, i think you're right though like i think expectations going into this were probably super low for most people um and pleasantly surprised yeah and i just think that they're more confident in themselves, like, when they're not trying to push the Wii U on people for a few years, like you said, like, waiting for it to die, you know, like, when they go out to E3 and they're like, hey, we've got all these games for the Wii U, they, like, walk away from that and look at the Wii U like it's a shame upon them, you know, like... And it was! Heard, well, that's what I mean, you know, but, like, they still have to, for a couple of years, try to make you excited about yep. it, and, like, you know, and if they're not excited about it, and they don't believe in their own system, which, like, I think they didn't, you know, after a while, and... It, it seems like, you know, they have a lot of passion for the system, you know, if you're passionate about something, people are drawn to it, and I think that that's why they're keeping at it. I agree. What about you, Andy? I would, I'd be on that train. I'm content to say Nintendo won the show as well. Wow. I don't, I don't know that I've ever been a part of an E3 discussion where everyone felt the same person won the show. That's pretty cool. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. 
I mean, there's really, like, I don't want to say there's no other option, but, like, Nintendo is clearly succeeded at all levels. They kept announcing stuff on Treehouse after they were done, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, right. There's, like, a ton of announcements we haven't even gotten to that we'll pick through next week. And, like, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel like Sony actually did that, too, um, where they had a couple really cool announcements that they kind of just, like, let slip out over the weekend, but um, their conference was also not as tight or well-paced as Nintendo's, and there was plenty of fat to be trimmed on that stage that uh, that wasn't present in Nintendo's conference, so. Yeah, I think a comparison when you have, like, all that flash and flare and all that, uh, crazy crap going on, like, it is neat, and it's, it's cool, and, like, you know, as an audience member, you'd probably really appreciate that. Like, yeah, it's an event. You're there for you. But you're there for the games, right. and I think Nintendo did it, like, you know, there was probably, like, four minutes of fluff in between the 30 minutes. And barely. All, like, literally, it, yeah. there was, like, two or three times that was someone talking and not us. And it, it was, game. like, maybe speak, like, two sentences, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and, like, honestly, like, with these kinds of things, you can watch something, and when, the, you know, like, when the Sony VR stuff comes out, you can, oh, the time about VR, maybe, like, you know, get a drink or something, or go to the bathroom Like, I didn't look away yeah. during the 30 minutes. It was minutes just game, 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 game. Yeah, and they and they didn't even, with, like, the Metroid release, they put a 10-second logo up, um, and they just started to the next thing, yep. and it's just like, damn, you're still processing this, hold on, you know? Yeah, right, it's like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, they, like, they flip in the Pokemon thing, he's like, yeah, we're developing a core Pokemon RPG, and also these other things, and it's, whoa, just back the fuck up, you said a core Pokemon, you know? Yeah. And, and they just, they know how to uh, do the one-two buck on my shoe, and I think that was good. Absolutely. Um, so that is going to wrap up this year's E3 discussion. If you guys didn't check out yesterday's episode where we talked about EA, Bethesda, and Microsoft, make sure you go check that out. And then our regular episode this week uh, included a bunch of pre-E3 announcements. So if you want to go check those out, catch those as well. We will have links to them uh, at the end of the episode or in the description below. And uh, if not, you know, like the video, share it with a friend, subscribe to the channel if you're over on YouTube. If you're an audio listener, we would greatly appreciate it if you went over to iTunes and gave us a rating where we are currently a five-star rated prod- podcast, something of which we are very proud. And uh, if you want to connect with us, you can reach out to our sister show, the at the Comics Pals on social media, um, you know, anywhere social media is sold, or you can send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Where does one buy a social media? Anywhere that it's sold. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Blockbuster, I guess. I will take one social media, please. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to you wanna write in about any of the stuff we talked about this week, you want to send in a random question of the week, any of that stuff, uh, we would love to hear from you and read your questions on the air. If you want to connect with any of us individually, our social media stuff is down in the description below. And uh, reach out to us, talk to us about what you thought about E3 this year. Till then, we'll see you on uh, next episode of the Video Game House. Take it easy. Peace. Take care, guys. Bye, fam.